Live from Chatterbox Sports Studios, it's Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman. Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman. Today, it is Paul Fritschner again, and it is great to be with each and every single one of you, as Tom always says. Tom's not feeling great today, so I will be filling in. Reed and Casey are over here to my right. Fellas, we'll just we'll just cut right over to you guys today. How are we doing? How's everything going? It's going well. You know what? There's nothing better than turning on your YouTube and expecting somebody else and seeing Paul's lovely face <laughs> posting. <laughs> Casey, how are you today? I'm good. I'm good. I went to the uh, Reds game yesterday. Um, had a lot of fun. Well, let's talk about that more in just a minute. Yeah, let's we'll talk, talk about, about that. More. We got we got plenty of time to talk about that. We have a full two-hour show for you today. We have Tracy Jones coming up at 11.30. I have put a uh, bat signal out to Nick Kirby, who has not answered my text yet. So Kirby Nick, if, if you the curb signal is out in the ether, so Kirby, if you are watching this show and would like to join us on the show, please feel free so we can talk about the Reds. They have a series finale coming up in just a few minutes, really, at 12.35 today. That game will be down at Great American Ballpark. But first, let's talk about the Reds. Last night, they lost 2-1 to one last night to the New York Mets. Reds didn't get a hit after the first inning. Reds scored quick, and then the offense went quiet after that. Mets pushed across two runs, got the home run from Pete Alonzo, ended up being the game winner. Two to one winners for the Mets over the Reds. Now we have the rubber match today with the Reds and the Mets going for game three. Casey, circle back to this one. You ended up going down to Great American Ballpark last night. You were there with, I think, it, is he your best man? Yeah, yeah, my best man, Thomas. Tomas! Tomas! Yeah, so we um, just, you know, after we got done with the show yesterday and, you know, we wrapped up pretty quickly and talked about what we are going to do for the next show. Once we did that, I had a lot of free time and uh, it was supposed to be used to uh, cut my grass, but I decided that I would uh, just go to the Reds game instead. So that's what uh, me and Tomas decided to do. Went down to the Reds game, hung out the Holy Grail for a little bit before then, met up with Sir Boy, and then we just hung out in the right field and just uh, enjoyed the game. I saw you got a 50-50 ticket. Thomas, Thomas texted me last night that you went up to the 50-50 window. You have, you have absolutely just manipulated Casey into always getting that 50-50 ticket now. Because you always talk it. about it. He's going to yeah. get one every game now. Yeah, I don't even I don't... do it for myself. I do it for you. Well, that's good. Well, no, you don't do it for me. You do it for the kids. It's a community fund. It's oh, for the kids. It's for the kids, too, but... It's also for me. I also do it for yeah, you. Yeah, That's Guys, why I love the kids. I've got terrible breaking news. Oh, no. Absolutely terrible news. Okay. In the top of the first inning, the Bluffton Beavers took a one nothing deficit. They're down one nothing. No. In what, the conference tournament. What's the situation? So it's a conference tournament? It's the HCAC conference tournament. They're up in Kokomo where you can get there fast and then take it slow. Yeah. Uh, they're playing Manchester. So we got to win this one. We'll get there fast and then we'll take it slow. That's where we want to go. I've got even worse news. Way down in Coco. Oh, okay. Manchester just hit another double. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no. All right, everybody. It is positive vibes only today. Positive vibes for the chat. 
Casey has his power rankings coming up tomorrow. Again, we do have the full two hours coming for you today. We have plenty to talk about with the Reds from last night. We have the NFL schedule tees coming out later. We still haven't got around to that NFL logo tier maker, which we will do today because we're going to have a ton to talk about tomorrow. Hoping to get uh, Tommy G back on to talk about FC tomorrow. Looking at James Rapine as well, and then potentially Bobby Nightingale. So a packed show tomorrow, which means we're going to have some fun with the show today. And we still do have to get to 1130 when Tracy joins us. The, uh, the Reds last night, you're going to have Derek Law starting today. He'll be the opener today, as they say, in what will be a de facto bullpen game for the Reds. This is, to me, an important game for the Reds when you look at the rest of how this week and, and the schedule is setting up for the Reds. You have an opportunity, if you're Cincinnati, to go out there and win a series against a Mets team that is really, really struggling this year. And then you go back out of town, you're going to Miami, and then you're going to Colorado. Those are, again, two winnable series before you come home and you play the Yankees next Friday. Reed, your thoughts on the uh, series finale today and kind of how that sets up with the Marlins and the Rockies coming up? Uh, yeah, you, you play the Rockies and the Marlins coming up. So the Marlins are actually playing pretty be better ball than most people would expect. If you can sneak one away from the Mets, and it's going to be a tough challenge today because Derek Law is going to open versus one of the Rookie of the Year candidates in Kodai Singa, who hasn't done fantastic for the Mets, but he's still got great stuff. If, you get, if you're able to sneak one out going forward, right, sneak a series out against a series, looking into it where you're like, oh, we got to face two Hall of Famers and Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander, which obviously didn't happen because Max Scherzer got scrapped. But if you can sneak a series win against one of the preseason World Series favorites, it just goes back to what we were talking about yesterday on Box Lunch where the Reds just kind of hang around, right? <laughs> they just hang around. And they're playing decent ball. They're playing competitive ball. And they're a few pieces away from really competing against not just bad teams, teams that aren't playing well, but every team in this league. So this is a, this is a big game, but definitely an uphill battle. I they're agree. Like plus 170 on the money line. Yeah, they are significant underdogs today in that game. But I do agree in the importance of a game like this And before you go on the road. Then you come home and you play the Yankees, who are the Yankees. They carry the cachet, the name brand, the pinstripes, everything else. Then you play the Cardinals, who they've just been sucking it up this year. They are not good. Yeah, they beat the Cubs two out of three games, but the Cubs won last night. So it was all, it was all good. It was all, Remember when I said take a... Take the Mets money line, parlay it with the Cubs money line. Well, that hit. That hit last night. That hit. Just saying. That Just hit. Saying. We can't bet Fred boost that because then we're going against the official sports book of Cincinnati. Right. Can't right. do that. Right. Um, okay, so we talked about the Reds. Let's get a little bit into uh, FC Cincinnati before we get into the NFL schedule and everything else that we're going to spend the majority of the next hour and 20 minutes talking about, and especially tomorrow, too. Uh, FC Cincinnati won again last night at home. This was in the U.S. Open Cup, which means that it wasn't an official MLS match or anything like that. But they did play uh, NYC, beat NYC last night. Again, another win for FC Cincinnati at home. Casey, I don't want to put you on the spot, but I am a little bit here. Mm. Did you watch any of it? Because I know you were at the Reds game. Did you, did you catch... Did you catch anything later? Yeah. Did you hear about it at all? Because all I saw was the final score, so I don't want to go too much into it. I know Vasquez scored. Yes, I did I do see know that. that. I uh, I did not see much else other than that, to be honest. Okay. Casey, Paul, uh, pretend like I'm five for a second, right? 
Okay. As a person who has not watched a single second okay. of FCC this year, what are the strengths of the team? Like what? Like we're like we're good, obviously. Yeah. What are we good at? They can score. Score they, a lot. Of, they, score a lot of goals. They score. Yeah, Casey. They were much better at scoring, I thought, last year, but th- I still think they have a pretty good offense. Their defense has gotten a lot better. It has. Uh, it just night and day almost. So, I mean, it. That's a savior guy, Nick Haglin. Nick Haglin. Nick Haglin. That's my guy. It's a Lakota West guy. It is a Lakota West guy, too. Local guy. Go Firebirds. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, defensively, FC's done phenomenally well this season, except for. That one match against uh, – who was that? They gave up five goals. St. Louis? Yeah. St. Louis. That was just a debacle. That St. Was in, Louis, yeah. St. Louis plays a style of, of football that uh, was very much their kryptonite. Very fast-paced, terrible in transition. Mm. So, And except for that match, they've only given up more than one goal one time. So mm. they have so – uh, How far are we in the Open Cup? The they are now into the round of 16, I believe. Oh, wow. They're either last night was either the round of sixteen or they're now in the round of sixteen. I, I should know the answer to that. I know the round of sixteen is involved here somewhere. How did how far did they go in twenty sixteen? They make the semifinals or the quarterfinals? Good question. U.S. Open Cup. We're gonna do this on the fly. That's what we do. We have the power of the internet. What 20, did people do before the internet? Twenty sixteen U.S. Open Cup. I have the bracket right here. So that was the thirty two. This is now we're going into round sixteen. Okay, sweet sixteen. Okay, sweet sixteen. We love that around this city. Yeah. Nick Kirby at 10.30. Okay. okay. Miles Kirby, leader of men. He's in. Is, is FC going to get to the Elite Eight? And dare I say, the Final Four? Are they going to make a Final Four? I don't know. With the Xavier guy? I don't know. Let's claim the banner, Reed. Speaking of that, actually, Reed, are we going to the Bahamas? Did you see that? I saw that. Are you going to the Bahamas? I'm not. The, the first thing I thought is, is Paul going to get a little sun? <laughs> no, I... Uh, I did find out I was I was I well for one I did not uh it was kind of funny I I didn't even know that the trip was happening and I got a text out of the blue that said sorry you're not going to the Bahamas I said well that's disappointing I didn't even know I was going in the first place so this was before you found out about yeah yeah this was this was the other night I guess they had had a meeting or something and and somebody texted me and said hey sorry I just want to let you know you're not going to the Bahamas I said well that was a roller coaster ride but what if you just started doing that to your friends? Just like, just out of the blue, you just text Ireland and be like, hey, man, sorry, you're not going to Hawaii. He's <laughs> like, what? And he's like, yeah, you're not going to Hawaii. <laughs> well, it, was just, it was totally out of the blue. I'm just sitting there watching TV and I just got a text that said, hey, sorry, you're not going to the Bahamas. I said, well, I didn't have any plans to anyway, so All my right. life's not changing. <laughs> sounds good to me. <laughs> yeah, my, sounds good to me. Because originally I thought maybe that the, the Bahamas trip was what was going to replace the trip down to Savannah. Which now Xavier is rumored, it's not official yet, that they're going to go to Las Vegas for the Thanksgiving tournament, which would be the same day, not even the same week, the same day as F1. Really? Paul, 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 when do they go to the Bahamas? When do they go to the Bahamas? August 6th to the 11th. Oh my God, Paul, I'm not even messing with you. I'm on a cruise to the Bahamas. I will be in the Bahamas. Are you serious? That same week. Are you 100% serious? 100% serious. One of the stops is in the Bahamas. I gotta figure out. I gotta. I gotta figure out a way down there. I don't have a passport. How quickly can you get a passport? I just put my thing in like two weeks ago, and it said expedited. It would 
take about eight weeks. So I'll get it. I leave in August. It should come here beginning of July. Okay. So you got to get it done now. So I have right. To, you I, have to do it like next week. Okay. And it's not it's not a long process. You just got to get a picture. Sit, bring about two hundred dollars. You're going on a cruise to the Bahamas that week. So you're gonna I watch. I swear to God, that is awesome. Because those games will probably be open to the public. They usually play one or Are, two. Is it at Atlantis though? Yeah, I think so. So I don't like. I don't think we stop. Or well, it's. I don't know. I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't say that. I was just assuming. I had seen people talking about it. I all I saw was the tweet yesterday. The only thing I know is what Jeff Goodman tweeted out that said they're going. I didn't even know the dates. All I knew was that I wasn't going. Hmm. I I so I don't think that my cruise will go to the Atlantis because I assume yeah, that's yeah. different different sure. own. So maybe I could sneak over there. Who knows? Could you imagine if you were late and missed getting back? You were a peer runner and you were late getting back to the to the ship because an exhibition Xavier game went into overtime. You're just sitting there screaming at Adam mm. Kunkel. Mm. He's not even on the team. Mm. He's just there in support. He's on your cruise. Oh man, me and Kunk, me, <laughs> me and Kunk, just sitting all day at the pool and going to the the nightclub at the end of the day. Me and Kunk would have a good time. I think you would. I think you would. Well, okay, so I'm looking forward to that. So what I have to do now is Monday, or maybe over the weekend, go into the post office and take care of a passport. I think I can do yes. that. Do expedited shipping, get it by the middle of July, and then hope for good weather in the first week of August. There you go. Uh, okay, so that was FC Cincinnati. We've talked about the Reds. Uh, let's get to – oh, one other thing, one other headline that um, I want to talk about before we do the NFL schedule. The Western and Southern Tennis Tournament. We teased this yesterday. The Western and Southern Tennis Tournament, it's rumored that it will move down to Carolina. Was it, I believe it was Charlotte? That it was, I don't, or was it Charleston? The owner, the owner that has. It's Charleston. It's going to move to Charleston. Because the owner owns something in Charlotte, right? It's one of the two. He either lives in Charlotte and it's going to Charleston or the other way around. Yeah. It's one of the CH towns down there. They're going to Carolina. Yeah. They're going down to Carolina. Hmm. I initially read the headline and was infuriated at it, obviously, because the tennis tournament is one of the best, um, it's one of the best events in the city. It, it really is. If you've never been, you should go, for one. Even if you're not into tennis, it's kind of just – it's just a great event. Have you guys been? What are, what are tickets going to run me? What are tickies going to run me? I don't know. I, I don't know. Uh, Tell me Big League Paul just swindled his way in there. He knows to, some people. <laughs> have to be honest. Never paid for a ticket. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I don't know. Um, but I've also never sat I've, – I've never been – I've always gone on the wild card days which are just the days where it's like the play-in things the weekend before. I've never actually been to a – well, I worked it one year, but as a fan, I've never been to Work, a tournament day. Worked it in what capacity? Oh, do you want you, – you ready for this? Sling it my way, big pimpin'. I was the graphics operator for the tennis channel. Mm. So what I did – but I only had one TC. job. Yeah. TCC. TCC. I had one job. This was back in the summer of 2018. My job that year, I sat in the production truck, all I did for 12 hours a day for the entire week was when they went to commercial, I flew the score bug onto the screen. So they, they paid you for this or this was an internship? I was paid better for that week event-wise than I have ever been paid for any other event I've worked in sports. Really? So you had one job? It was quite literally the easiest job of all time. Did you mess up ever? I did one time. <laughs> 
I did one time. And I will never forget it. So the producer, this is a great story. So the producer, I was sitting toward the back of the truck, obviously, because this was the, quite honest to God, the lowest totem pole job in the world. I'm sitting there in the back of the truck. I'm sitting next to the other graphics guy. And I don't know if I had still been on my phone while they were in commercial or what the deal was, but I missed the cue from the producer that said, uh, bug. And it was a beautiful shot of the moon rising over Kings oh, Island no. because oh, no. Kings Island's right across the street. Right, so they had right. a, this beautiful scenic shot of, of the moon, like rising. I don't even, you know, rising over Kings Island or 75 or whatever it was. And, the score bug would have looked. I mean, it would have been a, a cool, scenic, picturesque view with the bug just flying right underneath. And he just he turns around and he just goes, "Well, I guess that's Paul's afternoon nap back there. What the hell are you doing back there, Paul?" And I was just going, "I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Totally missed the cue. Didn't miss the cue the rest of the week. Yeah. But other than that, 12 hours a day, every day, I just flew a a." bug on i pressed the space bar for 12 hours every mm. commercial that was it just space bar it was your awesome head was out in space when yeah it was, when it was the picturesque shot we were on like mason ohio we were on like hour 10 in a rain delay it was like not to make excuses it was very much my fault and i wasn't paying attention but but oh but, but over, over a 48 hour span of sitting in the truck pressing the space bar i was a five second delay on the bug flying up like we did all right. Couple convenient butts there, Paul. We did all right, but it was my fault, and I felt bad. And it's been five years, and I still think about it because <laughs> I felt bad. Uh, so that is that is the tennis tournament, but it is uh, there is discussion about it moving down to Carolina. It wouldn't move probably until 2026 or 2027. We're not talking about a move that they would make immediately. This is not something that would happen next year. They still would have to get the funding approved. They would have to um, build the facility down there. They would have to uh, get the get, get all the logistics, everything. This is not something that is immediately happening. I had heard rumblings of this for a while since the US Open tournament here was bought, since the Cincinnati Masters was bought, which is what the, what the tournament is. But this, the Western Southern Open, if you're unfamiliar with it, is one of the nine biggest tennis tournaments in the world. And that includes the four majors. There are only four other tournaments besides the Cincinnati Western and Southern Open. There are only four other non-majors that are on the same master's level as what this tournament is. It is unbelievable that this event comes to Cincinnati year in and year out and they put on as good of a product as they do. So I did some digging last night and, 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 and tried to, to learn more about it because I didn't want to overreact to it if maybe there were some more details to it. Mm -hmm. And I was much happier with the result that I found because what I, what I learned, and I, I spent probably an hour on this, reading about it, trying to figure out who this guy is that had bought it. Um, the owner that, that bought this tournament has a daughter who plays professional tennis. He's very, very invested in the product. This is not some businessman schmuck who just is buying up the tournament and wanting to move it out of Cincinnati because he doesn't like the city or whatever that might be. This is an owner who genuinely loves tennis, who is invested in the product, who is extremely invested in growing the game, who wants to 
build tennis into a, a, an unbelievable product and somebody that feels like um, it would be beneficial for the game and for the U.S. Open series and for everything else that it could potentially benefit from a move down to Carolina. That's not to say I would not still be extremely disappointed right, if right. it moved from Cincinnati, but the reasoning and the logic and everything else behind it made me feel a whole lot better that it wasn't just some software tycoon. I don't know what his business is, but it wasn't just some like software tycoon that's using this as some business entity, and he's just, ah, I got a vacation home down in Charleston. I'm moving it back home. That's not what this is at all. That made me feel a little better. Um, you used the word schmuck in yeah. that. Yes. In that long um, string of sentences. Is that the first time that schmuck has been used on off the bench? Has to be. We're breaking glass ceilings on this Thursday. I think it has to be, right? That's a good, good word. Good usage. I hate schmucks. Yeah. I got no time for schmucks. Who, who has time for schmucks? Nobody around off the bench, and certainly not the man that usually sits oh, in this for seat. for sure. Absolutely. No schmucks. No schmucks around here. As Thomas points out, there is also a possibility that they make upgrades and renovate the Lindner Center, which for somebody like this, after he just bought it last year, you'd assume that if they, if they do keep it here, that there are renovations, there are facility upgrades, there are things like that that maybe down the line happen if it does stay here in Cincinnati. I do have a feeling from what I could tell that the Cincinnati crew, that the, the people here that care about the tournament mm -hmm. will fight tooth and nail to keep it here. I, I got the impression that maybe some people were a little caught off guard at how strong the pitch was to move it, and now they are realizing that they need to put all of their time, effort, and energy into keeping it here. Um, but I know a lot of people do. That is a staple. That is also, I believe, the week. It might be the week before, but I believe that is uh, your, our Bahamas trip, Reed. Um, I can't wait. You coming on the cruise with us? Or so just going straight to the Bahamas? I. Well, what kind of cruise line is it? I can look into it. Carnival. Party cruise. Oh. Okay. Not getting the drink package, though. August 12th to the 20th. So we come back, and it's the next week. So we have the week of the Bahamas, and then we have the week at the Western and Southern. Yeah, there you go. There you go. We could roll with that. Now I got to ask the now, now that we're on the topic of my cruise, I, for those who have been on the cruise, me and my wife are deciding whether or not we get the drink package. If you guys have been on a cruise, I would actually like your suggestion on whether or not we get it. Just, just go ahead and put it in there. Nutcutter Nation, helping me out. I've never been on a cruise. My first, it'd be my first time. My parents went on a cruise for their honeymoon to Bermuda. Bahama? I think. Bahamas. Come on, pretty mama. If you're wondering, the update from Kokomo, top of the third, still one nothing. Beavers uh, in a jam. What's the what's the pitching situation for the Beavers today? I, I, I know very little. I mean, I, I've all the guys that I played with have graduated, so I know very little about the team. So I'm just watching them because we don't make the conference tournament a whole lot. In fact, my senior year was the first time they ever made the conference tournament. So, Boom Shakalaka would like to know what would Mark do? Mark absolutely would get the, the drink package. That, that, that'd be a no-brainer. Mark, Mark would go ahead and it, rear back and pay that one out. It seems like everybody in the chat is pretty much in unison that you should get the drink package. Okay. 
Okay. Seems fair enough. So explain again what, what comes with it. So the drink package is it's $50 a day. You have to get it for every person in the room. So it'd be me, Mariana. So it's $100 a day. And it's so it's going to cost like 600 bucks. 600, 700 bucks. So if you drink more than $50 alcohol, it's worth it. But the thing is, is it's a five day cruise. Three of the days were stopped off in port. So we won't even be on the ship, but you oh. have to pay for those days already. Oh, uh, you can't so just we, pick days. Right. You mm. have to do the whole trip. So it'd be just like $600 right then and there. Um, but then you don't have to, you know, bring your card anywhere when you're on ship sure. or anything like that. You're just hanging out because the food's free or the food's incorporated with the cost yeah, of the yeah. cruise. Um, but like I said, we're going to be gone for, for three for three of the days that we're on the cruise. So that would just be a wasted $100 for those three days. Hmm. Casey, you ever been on a cruise? I'm not. So funny story. I was supposed to be on a cruise. My grandmother, um, she was trying to set this whole thing up to go on this cruise. She got scammed, though. Um, oh, no. Oh. What happened? Grandma. Grandma, grandma got scammed. Was it the Nigerian prince needing some money? <laughs> no, it, it was it was a scam posed as a as a cruise. I mean, she lived in Florida and like near Miami. And what? so she thought like these door to door salesmen were actually. So did she pay or like how, what was the scam? Well, they, they made her fill out all this, all these forms and you know, it made it look really legit. Oh, and then no. when she tried to call when it was almost time to go, it didn't exist. And they had already taken out money from her credit card. And that was like a month ago. So it was just like, yeah, it was. A Did she get her identity idea. stolen? No, they just they. It was a. It was a. It was literally just to take money. Money, and that was it. That's a. Casey, it so where, bad for your. Yeah, grandma. where is that yeah. funny? <laughs> well, I mean, it's not funny. It's <laughs> it's not really that funny, but it's just a, a coincidence that you guys are going on a cruise trip when. Your grandma got scammed. So, got so scammed until I, I'm, I'm now ter- petrified that until I step foot on this cruise. Oh, it was a door-to-door salesman in Miami. Like, let's – back back then, like – It was the Wild West. Right. Wild I mean, West. anyone was just – We're just meeting West. out in the middle of the street for a duel. Sure. I don't know. It's just – it just was sketchy to begin with, and she, she. Aaron Burr, Alexander Hamilton, that just went down in in Miami. Yeah, yeah, that just wasn't a good, wasn't a, a good, uh, good moment for her. Clearly, no. Uh, yeah, I I got an email a few weeks ago from Hilton, and they offered me uh, anywhere. All they offered me like a twenty twenty different locations that you could uh, get three nights, four days for two hundred dollars total. And you got fifty or two hundred dollars a night, sorry. And you had fifty thousand uh, Hilton points added to your account. I'm sitting there going, even if I don't go on a trip, because you paid you paid for the trip, and then you had a year to pick what dates you wanted to go, and there were right. blocked out dates like July Fourth, whatever. But right. I'm like, ah, we could find three days. Lizzie and I could find three days to go down to Daytona or wherever. And even if you don't go. That fifty thousand points is your even yeah, if you, even if you're just paying for the points that it pays off and use the points at whenever they don't expire. I'm going, man. This is this seems like a great deal. I'm going, I'm going, I'm clicking through, I'm clicking through. I get to the last step. I go to check a box. 
Had to listen to a timeshare presentation. Mm. I said, no, don't need two hours with that. Mm. Not doing that. Mm. Don't need to listen to a timeshare presentation. My my in-laws tell a funny story that they went to one of these fundraisers for one of the Catholic schools here in town. And they paid a silent auction for a trip down in Miami, Florida, something like that. So they paid whatever it was. They won the silent auction. So they got this, this trip. They get down there, and it was one of those trips where you got to go through a timeshare presentation once you get there. They're like, oh. someone donated a timeshare presentation vacation? Like, what is this about? So they, they, tell, they tell you, like, yeah, we got through it. We didn't buy anything. You just got to say no literally 2,000 times in a row. And if, at some point, they literally, like, we were close to saying yes just to get this thing just to stop. Like, we were done. They just pester you for an entire day. An entire day spent on this vacation in a room just trying to get you to buy this timeshare. Scam? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Serbo and Wonder says, not going to lie, I'd rather listen to these stories from you guys. Well, we're, we're trust me. That's what me. you got for two hours. Trust me, you got another. Well, we have Nick Kirby coming up here in about two, in about two minutes, and then we have Tracy Jones at 1130, and we'll talk baseball with him because we did not talk baseball with him on Tuesday. So we're going to talk baseball with him today. But we, it's story time with Reed, Paul, and Casey today because that's what we have for you. We do have some NFL schedule stuff. We are going to talk about the NFL logos uh, on the other side of Nick Kirby. Casey, just let me know whenever Nick gets in here. Yep. Um, Tom, the plan is for Tom to be back tomorrow. We don't know yet. Hopefully, he's feeling better tomorrow. Um, today, weather forecast looks great. Reed, are you going to get out and golf today? No, I'm probably going to go out and cut some, cut some grass. Cut some gotta, grass? Got to go to Nashville tomorrow, yeah, I, so. I need to Casey, cut grass. you need me to come on yeah. over. You need me get need me to get it done. How long have I been saying I need to cut my grass? You've been saying it since last week, which would, which would tell you that you need, uh, during the spring need, you need to cut your grass like every five six days, and you've been telling me for five or six days you need to cut your grass. Yeah, so. it's probably been a week overdue. Honestly, you're, you're not going to be done. winning any homeowner associations. Uh, awards. Now, my, my neighbor hadn't cut their grass until yesterday, so now I feel obligated to officially mm. cut my grass. So then it all looks even. You know, I don't want to be the only I man do feel out here. very left out of these conversations, so I I do not have a house. I do not cut my grass. Homeless. I am homeless. <laughs> I go home every day. I wander around, and then I show up back here in the studio. I get very. I feel very left out when after the show ends every day, Casey and Reed just sit here and talk about. Oh, we're gonna go home. We're gonna cut the grass. We're gonna do whatever. And then I'm just. I know that that day is coming for me, and I'm gonna be thrilled to be able to contribute to the conversation. But that day is not today. That day is not today. Uh, one other story before we get to Nick Kirby. You guys remember Lavar Ball, right? That is yes. We know remember Lavar Ball. It's hard to forget. Okay. So I was sitting in a class at Xavier one time, and I was talking to this girl from Southern California. SoCal. And I mentioned she was not big into sports, and I mentioned something about the balls. I don't know why, but the ball family came up. Hmm. She goes, oh, I, I know that family. I said, excuse me? She goes, yeah, they live right down the street from me. Hmm. I said, LeVar Ball, the ball family? She goes, yeah, he's the president of the HOA. I looked at her and I go, could you imagine waking up on a Thursday morning and LeVar Ball is knocking on your door because you forgot to put the trash away? <laughs> your grass is a little long. 
You painted your door the wrong color. <laughs> Golly, that'd be great. Noise complaint. It's Lavar. How much of what he did was shtick? Like 80% of it, 80%. Right? right. But hey, Lamelo's good. It worked. It worked. It worked for two or three of them. Lonzo was good. They, yeah. Lonzo, Lonzo was, was good. good. Yeah. The middle one. What was his name? I felt so bad for him because when they were coming up, Lavar would go on national TV and go like Lee Anthony or something like that. Lamelo. Lamelo. Lamelo's the middle one. Um. Yeah. Which one's the bad one? Whatever the bad one's the middle one. Leangelo. Leangelo's the bad one. Leangelo. He would go on national television and be like, Lonzo's a baller. Lamelo's the man. Leangelo can play. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right, Nick Kirby. Kirby, this is a spot start for you today, so I very much appreciate you taking a few minutes. We were sitting here. Tom texted us and said uh, he couldn't make it on, and I said, you know what? Reed, let's see if we can we, Reed, we let's see if we can dial up our guy Kirby here. Kirby, how you doing today? Good. You guys uh, picked the the day that the most least interesting Reds game of yesterday. Like we were doing the show last night, and like yeah, Hunter Green was okay. Reds offense got two hits. There really was like nothing else to talk about. So <laughs> let, let's let's ride today, man. I, I'm ready to continue to bask in that that greatness of that game yesterday. Yeah, so last night, so Casey was there last night. Casey was there with Sir Boy Wonder and, and Thomas. Uh, they were down there. Got a 50-50 ticket. But other than that, yeah, not very exciting. Reds didn't get a hit after the first inning and kind of a clunker of a game. But that's Justin Verlander. We were talking about, Reed was talking about the bullpen. You go from Verlander to, was it Ottavino? Yeah, and Adam to, Ottavino. And then to, to Robertson. I mean, what are we doing here? Like game seven of the World Series, and they're just shutting down the Reds. They needed a win. The Mets really Clearly. needed a win. They, they, they've been struggling. So, yeah, I man, Justin Verlander, he was just uh, – you're not supposed to look that good. At, I don't know, is he 39 now? Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. It's just insane how good he still looks. It's just, uh, I guess, more of a credit to just how great of a pitcher that guy is. What a career. So let's talk about today's game. They're going with the opener. They're going with Derek Law. But a chance to win a series. Ch hey, a chance to win a series against the Mets. What are we thinking? Yeah, I mean, uh, Cody Senga has uh, walked a ton of dudes. I think three or four walks in like every single start he's made this year. Um, also hasn't faced a lot of great lineups. Not saying the Reds are a great lineup, but uh, most of the competition he's been up against are, are um, you know, teams like the Rockies, the Marlins, the Nationals, the Giants, not necessarily juggernaut offenses. Um, and if there's one thing this Reds offense has been pretty good at, um, it's been having patient at-bats. Um, getting on base, uh, obviously their inability to hit the ball out of the ballpark has been, um, I think, their biggest weakness. But, you know, hey, maybe a guy like um, like Senga, you have some good at-bats, draw some walks, you know, get him out of the game, get into that Mets bullpen. Um, that, that's not super deep. And, uh, you know, maybe get a win. It'll be interesting how, they, how David Bell pieces this uh, uh, pitching staff together today. I'm guessing it's going to be – very dependent on the game. I, I assume if, if, you know, things are going well for the Reds, they may be more aggressive and, you know, try to get maybe an ending in the third out of guys like Lucas Sims and Alexis Diaz. If not, they'll probably look to get um, several innings out of guys like Kevin Herget and Ben Lively, who are both sort of starting pitchers that they have down in the bullpen. Um, so it's probably, I guess, this game's going to be very dependent on how it goes, how, how uh, David Bell maneuvers this uh, uh, pitching staff today. So I am going to take any questions from the chat if anybody wants to to talk in. Andrew Dunn wants to know, hey, hey Nick, 
Why do the Reds continue starting three auto outs like Newman, Barrero, and Myers when they have hitters emphatically ready to play up here? Nick Kirby, your thoughts? Well, first off, I think you got to view Kevin Newman as a filler player. Like, he's not playing every day. So, I don't think we want anyone in the Kevin Newman role that, that we're trying to develop right now. Um, so, I, I would put him out of the equation. I get the frustration with Jose Barrero. Um, I, I see the case for just saying, all right, we've had enough data. Let's send him down. Let's call it Matt McClain. Wash our hands. I think they want to see more of Jose Barrero. I think they want to turn every stone over before they just uh, abandon, you know, Jose Barrero for now. Um, there's also part of this, something I think is into the thinking. There really hasn't been a lot of position player injuries yet for the Reds. So I think part of their decision-making here with, with the front office is we don't want to call up Matt McClain, send Jose Barrero down, and then let's say just for the sake of argument, Jonathan India goes down. Well, then you have to call Jose Barrero back up. You have to shift Matt McClain to second base. And, and you know, th this problem might solve itself uh, over the course of a 162-game baseball season. Um, and then lastly, I guess, Will Myers. I mean, they're trying to trade him at the trade deadline. Um, you can't trade him at the trade deadline if you're not playing him. Um, he's a guy that, that, if he gets hot, could could get you a nice prospect back. You know, Reds last year for Brandon Drury got uh, Victor Acosta back, who's in their top 15 uh, prospects right now um, in, in a loaded system. So... Um, you have to play Will Myers. If, if it's after the trade deadline and let's say he still stinks and you don't trade him, then yeah, I mean, DFA him or don't play him, play younger guys. But right now you have to play him. Talking to Nick Kirby, who is the co-host of Chatterbox Reds. This is a great program right here on our Chatterbox family and networks. You can listen to in podcast form. He has a podcast ready to go every single morning after the Reds play. Nick has done a fantastic job with that this season alongside Trace Fowler um, and, and several other people throughout the, the run of the show so far. But somebody, I, I think this was Bryce Spalding that tweeted this last night. Could have been somebody else. There was a lot of frustration after the loss last night. I, I think it was Bryce that said this, um, that he was very frustrated that this team is losing with the guys that they are losing with right now. That he would rather be losing with Ellie De La Cruz and Matt McClain and all of the guys that CES, these guys that the Reds fans are begging and pleading with to, to get a call up to the major leagues. And I understand that sentiment, whether it was from Bryce or whoever said it. I understand that sentiment because you want to get these guys up as, as, as soon as you can. We don't need to keep going on about that because that's been the topic of every single show that we have talked about now for the last two to three weeks. But what is your frustration level or, or do you have a frustration level at this point with where the Reds are at with, with how they're performing at the major league level versus what they could potentially be doing with a winning team in Louisville? I mean, I don't know. I'm not all that frustrated. I, I think I had expectations that this was about where the Reds would be, what Reds 15 and 21. I think if you had asked me to put money on where, what the Reds record would be, it'd probably be about 15 to 21 right now, right? I mean, I think most reasonable people probably would have expected them to be here. Look, I, I can't wait to see Matt McClain. I can't wait to see Christian and Carnassian Strand. I, I even more so can't wait to see Ellie De La Cruz. But look, the Reds front office is going to be patient. That That's part of their plan. Um, I, I get the frustration. I think there's valid criticism for that. But this is the, the way they're going. And um, they're not going to change the plan because Matt McClain has been incredible. That That's just how they're, they're viewing this. They, they, I guess 
They they want to see more. They don't want to rush to make a a change. And like I said, you know, let, let's say there's an injury that happens, and then you're kind of shuffling guys back and forth. So much of this over the course of a 162 game season is is going to work itself out. It always does. There there's always early season. Where are you going to play this guy? Where are you going to play that guy? A lot of it solves itself out. And um, I remember last September the Reds were just trying to throw anyone to fill out a lineup for the last couple weeks of the season. So. I just, I, I guess I preach patience. It's a long season. You're going to see these guys. They're going to be up here. They're going to get their at-bats. Um, but right now, they, they want to give Jose Barrero every chance. I think that that's what it comes down to. We said today to start the show that, th- that this show was built around positive vibes today because Tom's not here. We got Casey over here. He's got a bachelor party this weekend. We got Reed, Let's who's go. got the, the Bluffton Beavers in the, in the playoffs right now, playing in postseason baseball. It's a sunny day outside right now. We just need some positive vibes, and that's part of what Chatterbox Reds, uh, part of what you wanted to do because there's been so much negativity surrounding this team for so long through the rebuilds and everything else that you just wanted to, to take this team and look at it from a glass-half-full perspective. So are you feeling like that glass-half-full perspective right now is uh, being fulfilled at least to the point where now you're – 40, what, about 40 games into the season, and you're, like, kind of hanging around-ish and making things fun and interesting? Yeah, I mean, for me, it's always been more about what are the individual players doing this season. I know people want to see wins and losses, and, like, I get that, but this is a as a much of a development season as I think you're ever going to see for, for the Major League Club. And hopefully, hope, hope to God, the last development season we see for the Cincinnati Reds in a long time, and hopefully... By the time we get to next year, it's all about wins and losses because that's a lot more fun uh, to talk about on a nightly basis for sure. But if you look at the individual pieces, you know, like Spencer Steer, TJ Friedel, Jonathan India uh, have all performed very, very well. Um, the only guy that, that you're really counting on offensively long-term that hasn't is Tyler Stevenson. And I think Tyler Stevenson's shown over the last couple of games some positives. And, and Tyler Stevenson of that group, I think, is, is the most, I guess, pure hitter. So, so maybe the, the least concerning. And then you look at the rotation. I mean, I think uh, Graham Ashcraft's been great. I think Hunter Green, for, for where he's at, you know, only 23 years old, has, has continued to look like he's developing well. The only, guy that, the only guy of the big three that struggled is Nick Lodolo, who I'd probably be the least worried about just because I think he has the most uh, – I think he has the, uh, the lowest uh, floor of any of them. So overall, at the major league level, I think the guys that we are – Counting on long-term, have mostly performed well. Um, and a guy like T.J. Friedel has drastically exceeded expectations. It looks like a bona fide uh, starting uh, center fielder or left fielder for this team going forward. And then in the minor leagues, I mean, there's just Matt McLean and, and Christian Encarnacion Strand and now L.E.D. the Cruz are looking as good as you possibly can look. So I think in terms of, you know, your building blocks, they're all all there. It's just going to be a season where there's a lot of growing pains at the major league level, and it's kind of what we signed up for, really. Andrew also wants to know, hey, Nick, why no buzz about TJ Hopkins down in Louisville? Hopkins hitting 311 this year in the minor leagues. He has five homers, 15 driven in. Anything anything there to report on TJ? Yeah, we actually mentioned him a couple times on, on Chatterbox Reds. I think uh, with Henry Ramos's recent struggles, it might be worth swapping those two guys out. At some point here, um, I think T.J. Hopkins is definitely deserving 
uh, of a shot. He's hit really, really well for Louisville. Had a good year last year as well in the minors. So, um, you know, he's a guy that's not high on any prospect rankings, but neither was really TJ Friedel. Um, so he might be worth a shot. Um, I, I don't know if I necessarily look at him like a, as a cornerstone piece or anything like that, but but if you're looking to swap him and Henry Ramos, I, I would totally be for it. When I'm going to ask you one kind of prolonged question here for the season. When you look at uh, the trade deadline, I think a lot of people were hoping that Will Myers would turn into somebody that would could potentially be a trade piece at the deadline, somebody that you could flip for whoever you needed maybe going into next season, whatever it might be. I think Everett brings up a good point in the chat that at the end of the day, even if these players all reach their potential, there will be a hole or two to fill and this front office has proven they don't want to spend the cash. Where do you see this front office wanting to fill a hole? Because you're you're hoping that you have some starting pitching. You have three guys right now. You're hoping to fill out a rotation. You have a very good closer. You need some bullpen help, and you need the help in the lineup to score the runs to win you the games. But hopefully that's on its way from Louisville. So what do you feel like at a major league level? Because I remember this with the Orioles when we were going through this in 2021. They, were, they didn't care at all about – well – that's a bad way to say this, but it's very similar to your point where it was all about development and the wins and losses at the major league level didn't really matter. And then as those guys started to filter into the major leagues, you realized, hey, we need to go out and buy a major, a major league bat. We need to go out and get a major league arm. We need to trade for somebody. And then when you know that you can compete, go out and do that. So as this season goes on, what are you looking for there at the major league level? In terms of like the red spinning, I don't think we know what this team, what they're going to spend, you know, once they feel that they have a team that that's ready to compete. And I hope that by the end of the season, there's a lot of really good, and those words overused, momentum heading into 2024. Um, I hope the season ends up being a lot like 2009. If you're a Reds fan, you remember that, where at the end of the year, the Reds finished year really hot, and you could feel like, hey, there's something building here going into next year. And then that year, the Reds added some pieces. But, you know, back in 2020, I mean, the Reds added a significant amount of money with Castellanos, with Moustakis, um, uh, with uh, Wade Miley, and with Shogo Akiyama. Um, I don't know if they'll go that crazy, but they're going to have a lot of money off the books with, with Votto and Moustakis' contracts um, mostly being gone. Votto will have a buyout, but it's, it's going from $25 million down to $7 million. So they're going to have a lot of money to spend. They probably won't spend as much as a lot of people want, but they'll definitely have some money to spend. I think you're probably looking at adding starting pitching. Um, uh, I think that's probably going to be the biggest need is adding one like veteran starting pitcher to this uh, uh, rotation next year. Uh, maybe, maybe a like one big power bat to, to put in like the corner outfield or something like that. Um, but I would probably want to spend more on pitching because I think there's enough enough. Um, talent in the minor leagues to fill out a roster or I think you can add a lot of uh, guys um, on lower term deals like uh, like the Reds have really been able to do of late w with guys like like you know Brandon Drury, Tommy Pham, Derek Dietrich, those kind of players that that that, that can have this like spark and rejuvenate their career great American ballpark. Kirby before I let you go here one more one more thing I'm going to pitch it to you said Casey Casey oh Reed Reed's got a question for you got two questions two, for you go ahead Reed fire away Kirby remember Reed. in the offseason when you said that uh you weren't sure about the uh, the Cubs pitching staff 
and not oh, only were oh, they good oh. at the end of last season, but they've been phenomenal. The the rotation has been phenomenal to start this season. In fact, they I think they've got the best ERA since the All Star break last year. Are you ready to recant on on that take from you? Uh, let, let's see how the season goes for guys like Drew Smiley. Let's see how the how the dog days of August treat Drew. Um, it's a long season, read. Let's not make any any well if drastic he does bad, declarations. If he does bad, we got Kyle Hendricks coming up. We'll just we'll just keep refilling. We restock and reload curbs. I don't know what you guys do down in Cincinnati, but that's how we do it up in the, on the north side. So, mm. aren't you in Cincinnati, Reed? I'm in Hamilton. He's on oh, the okay. north side of Cincinnati, I guess. Okay, all right, all right. Uh, just checking. What was your other question, Reed? Oh, there's a little bit of I want to I want to test uh, Kirby's uh, trivia knowledge here. Oh, oh wow. Kenley Jansen got his 400 save last night. Seventh guy to get 400 saves. Can you name the other six? Wow. Um, Mariano Rivera. Yep. Trevor Hoffman. Yep. Got the easy ones. There's there's two other guys that have played recently. Chapman doesn't have 400 saves, does he? He does not. But okay. a lefty fireballer does. Oh, I'm bad at this, Reed. All right, I'll let you. I'll let you go. It was Francisco Rodriguez, Billy Wagner. Billy Wagner was the other fireball and left-hander, and then the other two were Lee Smith and John Franco. I just wanted a, a little bit of fun trivia. I like trivia. Don't know Lee Smith or John Franco. Cubby was Lee Smith. <laughs> Don't know either of them. Hall of Famer. Mm. I, you could have gave me like 30 minutes. I don't know if I would have got another another one. I other figured. Than those I figured. Two. So I, I cut it short. <laughs> Cub, Cubs propaganda. K. Rod, I would have. Maybe come up with eventually, maybe. All right, you, Kirby. You forget about you forget about these closers. Like, like you forget about the guys that were dominant for for a couple of years. They just, I don't know. Closers seem more forgettable than like position players and and starting pitchers. Certainly, because they they come and go, right? They're they're you know what they're like. They're like running backs in the NFL to where like they play well for like two three years, and then they go to a new team and it just doesn't work out the same. Kind of yeah. kind of the similar vibe. Kirby, anything else? Just, just in general, any anything you need to get off your chest? Anything? Uh, any any advice for Casey for the weekend? Anything you know you just want to talk about? So this is bachelor party weekend for Casey, right? It is. All right. Well, um, stay safe. Number one. Let's 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 start there. No problems. I, I, Casey seems like a pretty reasonable guy. I, I don't, Casey's the guy that I'm not too worried about. Now, Reed, like if it was Reed's bachelor party weekend, it might be a little dicey, okay? But Casey just seems like a stand-up guy. He's not going to do anything stupid. Am I a sit-down guy? He's going to have a good time. He's, yeah, Reed, you're a sit-down guy. You gotta, <laughs> you gotta, you gotta, you'd have to lay down ground rules for Reed. Like, all right, all right, if this happens, let, let's, let's veer here. Uh, I think Casey's fine. I think Casey's got this. He's a season pro at this point. Thank you, Kirby. I appreciate that. You know, I actually have one thing to to say to, to Kirby that I don't know if we really talked about um, that is Reds-related. I was just looking at it. Um, Reds have lost nine one-run games. Mm. Nine. Sign of a bad team. Well, it's also a team that's learning how to win, too. 
they can turn some of those around next year, and people aren't going to be complaining as much. So take Casey, take half they're... of those, and we're pretty close to five hundred. So I don't know. I, I like what this team is doing. I, I'm I'm more in your camp in the positive vibes. Curbs. Positive vibes. Let's go, no, fellas. No, there's a lot of positivity propaganda. to take away from this Reds team. Chatterbox Reds is nothing but Reds propaganda. That's all it is. There's no no sense of realism over there. 100. It's a Red show, Reed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't. What do you want us to do? Hate on the team? Who does that? Hey, uh, Casey, to your point, Reds are five nice. and two, and they're five and two in their last one, their last seven one run games. So. After really starting the season, I think they started like one and six, one and seven. Uh, they've uh, they've really bounced back. So I think one run games are such a crapshoot, though. Yeah. There's a lot of good teams that have bad records in one run games, and there's a lot of bad teams that have good records in one run games. I think like the Pirates were 500 last year in one run games, and they had an overall really bad year. Um, so it's just those one run games, man. Everyone loves to make a big deal out of them. But it's there's a lot of just randomness to them too. I think to a degree. Kirby, have yourself a great weekend. You too, Paul. You too. Absolutely. Thanks for joining. Absolutely. Thanks, Anytime, guys. See ya. Yeah, thank See ya. you, Kirby. All right, we got an update. Bluffton. Hit Breaking me. news. <laughs> Go. Top of the fifth. Manchester's up six to two. Oh, tough. No. Tough. Oh, no. Manchester University. College basketball trivia. Here you go, Paul. Here you go. Listen. Steve Alford. Mm. Got his start there as a coach. Really? Yeah. Won two national championships. He then moved on to Division One and eventually became UCLA's head coach. UCLA. That went well. <laughs> Shabazz Muhammad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. We have the NHL. No, we do not. I'm going to tell you one thing. I don't think there is anybody on this program that could pretend outside of the Dallas Stars, our beloved Dallas Stars. Our beloved. I don't think any of us could really intelligently talk about the National Hockey League. We don't know Puck. We do not know Puck. We do not know Puck. But you know what? Go Stars. Go Stars. And you don't have home. You don't have to have a take on everything. We sit up here, we talk sports for 2 to 3 hours a day. We're on the air for 13, 14 hours a week. You don't have to have a take on everything. You don't have to have an opinion on everything. A lot of things, but not everything. There's only so much time you can invest in this world. I would love to be into hockey, but just hasn't hasn't quite ever really gripped me. So no NHL. Paul Brown's ghost says I sound a little deeper today. Sound a little deeper. I haven't got too excited yet. It can, it I have thin skin when it comes to my voice for some reason. Do you oh. really? I, I don't know. I mean, I've, know, I, I've known that I have a high voice, but I guess when, when people tell you, it, it's a whole different thing. Like it, it feels like I was fooling everyone in my, in my brain, and people are just throwing it out there that I've got a high-pitched voice. And I, now I've got to talk right here. I do, I do feel like my voice – I wish my voice was a little deeper. The other thing I wish – and I, I would love to hear Jolly Jolly's opinion on this because I know he, he works with a lot of broadcasters. I feel like when I pronounce ends – comes out nasally and i don't know how to fix that mm. i don't know how to physically fix that in my voice because when i'm broadcasting when i'm doing play-by-play -play, when i'm talking here on the air every day it feels like when i have to pronounce an n it sounds nasally and that just sounds nerdy we don't like that and i don't know how to fix it physically in my voice have you noticed that you talk different like like 
the sound the sound is different not the way that not the words but the sound is different depending on who you're around really because when i'm with my friends i get this like i do like this thing right here i'm right here like i crack my voice oh you're saying you 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 plural are you talking about me yeah i'm saying like do do does any like do you do that do you do that like of course oh yeah yeah like you Absolutely. talk, I'm not saying like the words are different. Cause obviously you talk different with your parents, with your, with your fiance, girlfriend, wife's parents, but and you your best friends, but do you saying. actually sound different? Cause I do, I go from here. And then when I, and I get my friends, I do this like crackly voice thing. Yeah. I really, really struggled with that when I was on the air, when I was, I mean, I feel like everybody that's just starting out in broadcasting struggles with that because you try to project this broadcaster voice. Right. You try to, you try to, you know, deep right in. Here. You try to you try to feel like you're projecting this professional broadcast voice, and then it doesn't come across as natural. Like if you listen to Kevin Harlan on the air, and then you listen to him do a commercial or just do a podcast off the air, he's the same guy. He's not right. He's Tom. not projecting that voice. So the biggest thing in this uh, industry is finding your natural voice, finding something that you're going to project that sounds like yourself, that comes across as genuine that conveys your personality in a true and genuine way and doesn't sound like you're being fake or you're trying to do this voice. But when you're just talking to your friends versus talking to... Well, the one thing you do is it's when you're on the phone. Oh, yeah. I, I, hi. I, hey. Hi. Um, hi. This is uh, Reed. My wife makes fun of me so much whenever I call anybody, set up an appointment, hotel, anything like that. I go, um, hi. Yeah, this is Reed. Um, I was wondering... Yeah, uh, like I'm just so... I try to be so innocent because I know those people deal with so many assholes throughout the day yeah. that I try to be the complete opposite of that and try to be overly nice. So then when I get on the phone, I, I get really get very sentimental, I guess, is if I had to give an adjective to the way I sound. Yeah. I, I, I think as you talk to everybody, it just it varies. Because you want to sometimes you're, you you want to sound nicer to other people. You want to sound different. Yeah, and then the people you're more comfortable around, so be it. Sir Boy Wonder says, Paul, that should be stated in your business a lot more. I think he's talking about giving opinions and mm -hmm. and get. I I truly not to go down a, a tangent on all this, but we do have 32 minutes before Tracy Jones comes on, and I think we're having some fun today. I think people that are listening into this right. show are kind of enjoying where we're going with this. A little off the cuff. We're not talking all about sports today. I, I hope you're all enjoying this show as much as we all here, all are here. But I think that's something when you listen to all these guys that do sports talk radio, and that includes us who are on the air for 13 hours a week. Our job is to talk about sports. It is to convey the news. It is to share what we think about things. But something that I have always felt very passionately about is that you don't have to have a take on everything you don't have to have any opinion on something that you don't know anything about just because your job says that you have to give a take or give an opinion if you're going to give a take or give an opinion and this is something that i have definitely struggled with because in play-by-play -play, my job is always to set up the analyst right i don't give opinions i don't give takes so in hosting podcasting a whole lot more in the last year and a half than i ever did in the first six years of working in this business, now in the last year and a half of, of working with Xavier and podcasts and Twitter spaces and getting hired here in the last eight months and being on the air every day, I feel like I have progressed a long way in being able to share a, a concrete opinion, but I still got a long way to go because I still always default to setting up somebody else to give theirs, asking the question instead of 
answering it on my own. Paul, your thoughts. Tom, your thoughts. Reed, your thoughts. Casey. But not sharing your opinion on something that you're not educated on or that you don't know everything about and then that just turning into something just to create discussion. I get tired of that and I think that that's where you lose people sometimes. I don't... Your thoughts, guys. Reed. Uh, yeah, I, I agree when people, you know, contrive arguments that that aren't based into anything. They just are talking pieces over whatever the, the popular opinions of the day are. Yeah. Not always great. You don't like you like you just said, like you said frequently on the show, you don't always have to have an opinion. Yeah. That's okay. You're okay to just be like, I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? You know, we all have our niche. We all have things. You know, Casey loves the NFL. Casey loves the, the Bengals and, and following all that. I think I I naturally default into concentrating more on, on what sport is happening right then and right now. I'm, I, I follow things a lot closer when the season is ongoing than when a, a season is not ongoing, the offseason. But you talk about things that you know, and Casey, you've done a, a fantastic job with that. And now learning baseball – your opinions are, are starting to come into form on the baseball side. Yeah, I mean, it, it's all about being educated on certain topics to, yeah. to talk about it on a sports show. Um, I don't have very many baseball opinions, but I do look at some stats and I just go, yeah, there's there's either some positive or some negatives to, to right, take from right. this. And it's that's a matter of opinion, though, at the end of the day, some of those statistics. But were you – well, I was gonna, I was gonna just bring up Casey. You are learning baseball, and we are actively trying to teach you baseball. Yep. Now, when you would put the lineups in on these Miami broadcasts, sometimes they would have a numerical value, right? They wouldn't just say like RF for right field. They'd have a numerical value, which would be nine. If I ask you what a five to three putout is, mm. so that's that's second base to first base. That is third base to first base. But you had the right idea. You had the right idea. That was. It didn't go way over your head, which is no. we're learning here. So third, third, three is one, four is second, five is third, six, six is, is short. short. Yep, seven we're is good. We're learning. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty. Seven is left, or is it right? Yep, left seven, and eight, then nine. Eight is center. Nine is right. Right. First is pitcher. Second is catcher. What is your favorite thing about going to the ball games? Because you you currently lead the clubhouse. You currently lead the chatterbox. By a long way. I don't know if I'll clubhouse. catch up to Casey. Yeah, in Reds at, games attended. I think I'm at five guys. Five guys? Burgers and fries? What is your favorite thing about going to the ball game? Um, well, honestly. Uh, is it the ice it, cold beer in the sun? It's Sir Boy it's Wonder. Because, well, it's one because there's a really good crowd to go with like Sir Boy and some of the guys that he hangs out with in right, the right field. They're all very diehard baseball fans there. I think the fact that tickets are really cheap right, also helps, and it's just something to do that's kind of fun to, to watch and to get excited over a game. Like I'd much rather go to the stadium to watch a baseball game than have it on my TV or to listen to it on the radio. I found that one out very quickly. Yeah. I can follow it way better during the game. I might not know exactly like if that was a good call from the umpire or not, but I do think it's way more entertaining to of course to watch it in person regardless of where you're sitting at. And then if you cut the right time, it's $5 beers. I mean, there it is. There it is. There we get down the to the nitty-gritty. Right before the game, I'm just Double fist and beers. It going is going down to my seat. I mean, like, 
what what for 10 bucks what more can you ask for you can rank beers like people do this oftentimes like a shower beer an airport beer all these beers that there is something special about just getting a nice cold beer the sun's beating down on you in the moon deck at great american ballpark you're just sitting there looking at the game the first inning you know there's a decent crowd you hear a little bit of cheer there's something special about that that all the endorphins just light up in your brain and casey's realizing that that's why he likes going I do think that I would go to more games if I didn't live 30 minutes. Like, if I was yeah. closer to Cincinnati, 30 minutes isn't long, but it is long enough to where it's like a whole ordeal, right? Yeah, if I, I, I get that. My brother lives in Anderson. If I lived in Anderson, I would go to a lot more Reds games because it's a 15-minute drive to Great American Ballpark from his house. So I'd and, go to more games. And I also forgot to mention this, too. The parking situation that I have right now is just, you couldn't ask for anything better. Parking situation? Free, right at Western Southern, which is like a five-minute walk to the stadium, if that. Is that a, is that a Paul Fritschner hack? Is that, where you, is that where you always park? I park down towards Sawyer Point. Where, did, where is that, Casey? So, it's on Fifth Street. Yeah, I've never, and, I don't think I've ever parked up toward the city. Well, it, it's, we get it for free because Thomas works there. Oh. Oh. And so, oh. Wait, Thomas. Tomas? Who's that? Tomas. Is that your best, best man? I, I didn't pronounce it right. Tomas, my best man. Okay. We get really good parking. So anytime we go to a Bengals game or a Reds game or anything down by the banks, we can park for free. And it's just a little walk. It's a tiny walk. And it's just like if you just get a cheap ticket and you don't buy beer at all, it's like a $5 trip. Nice little day. So, like, when we were talking about before the baseball season started, like, how much you would spend on a game, I'm only spending, like, maybe 20 bucks what? to have two beers, maybe three. Yep. Or, like, get, your, get yourself some peanuts or something. And then we have free parking. And if you got the cheap ticket for five bucks, yesterday was, like, 10 bucks or 16 bucks or something like that for the cheapest ticket. But still, I mean, like, you're not spending uh, – Fifty dollars to go down there, like that's the max that you would spend, if anything. All right, timeout, timeout, timeout. Paul Brown's ghost said I should move up to Centerville, close to the Reds, and winning high school sports. It'd be farther away from the Reds in Centerville yeah. than where I currently am. And secondly, are you, is he insinuating that the city of sculpture, Little Chicago, Hamilton with an exclamation point, which was our legal name for like a decade, <laughs> doesn't have winning sports here in town? Baden. Baden, Hamilton Big Blue, get out of here, Paul Brown's ghost. Come on. Is that what we decided it was, Paul Brown's ghost? It has yeah. to be. Okay. Or Led's ghost or Peanut Butter's ghost. Depends if you're – True. You're I'll, I'll go with Paul Brown's ghost. Uh, you, mentioned the, you mentioned people, how they, they rank beers, and we don't need to do that. But one thing I do want to say is – What's your favorite beer? I've traveled a lot. It's like 50 cents. Not an airport beer guy? I've never had an airport beer. Really? No, I haven't either. So I picked the best. Go ahead. Are you always traveling with, with Xavier and stuff like that? No, no, not even so much that. I Because I, generally when I'm flying to do something like that, it's I'm, I'm flying commercial and then just meeting wherever the, the team is. I – are we in the trust tree? Sling it our way, Big Pimpin'. I, I picked a bad profession for this. I'm a very anxious flyer. Oh, wow. I don't love flying. Would the beer help? Well, I don't know if it would. I don't know. 
I've never tried it. I don't know if it would make my stomach more upset. And I'm not talking about like I get on the airplane, I have a panic attack. Like I'm not talking about that. Oh, you just get a little queasy. I get up there, and then when when the plane takes off, and you have that initial thrust. My one of my best friends is an Air Force pilot, so I kind of I know a little bit about how all the 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 thrust and everything works. You get up, you you do that initial takeoff, and you have the the thrust when you you get off the ground, mm-hmm. and then they have to change thrust to when you're actually kind of at cruising altitude, but you're about 3,000 feet off the ground and the plane kind of dips a little bit off the takeoff angle and your stomach kind of jumps every time that happens. And I have flown a hundred times in my life. Every time that happens, I'm thinking, "Uh Oh, this is it. This is the end. This is a little, this is, this is a roller coaster guy. This is the end. And I love roller coasters, love roller coasters. But for some reason, I get that window seat and I just look out the window and I'm thinking to myself, I am in a metal tube, 35,000 feet in the sky, and somehow I'm going to end up across the country and I don't know how. But yeah, I've never done the airport beer. The reason that the airport beer is so high on the list isn't because like, like when you go to the ball game, it's sitting in the sun, you're watching baseball, the endorphins kick off. The reason the airport beer is so good because you typically are going to vacation, right? Yeah. And you do it a lot for work, so it's it, it probably wouldn't wouldn't be the same but when you're say you're going down to miami for the week or sure. florida hawaii wherever you're going to go for your vacation that that fir- that's the first beer of the vacation so it's just kind of kind of getting you going and then once again the endorphins kick off and you're just like all right it's time to relax you know the other thing now that i say that i can't remember the last time that i have flown in daylight i i am a i'm a very big fly overnight guy or leave at six in the morning or spend the day and then get the last flight out at night. I'm not a, all right, let's find a 2 PM flight. Cause 2 PM flights to me are always weird. It's like either leave early and get home right, right. or it's let's spend the whole day. Midday flights are the worst. Yeah. It just, it throws the whole thing out of whack. You know what? You know, it's a bad beer. What? So you mentioned you, you never have had the, the airport beer. Yeah. Shower beers terrible i tried it once i don't get the terrible terrible is this the the hot water gets in the beer like terrible what about what about cabrewing cabrewing's great great. yeah paul you a big cabrewer i'll do it i'm not yeah i mean it's fun how many times have we together not we together zero easy answer casey not not together i meant like and total like how many times have you gone I've gone I, like twice. Cabruin, oh. Cabruin's weird because it's, you know, you're sitting in the winter and you're saying we should do this this summer. We should do this this summer, and you plan, then you realize summer's really only like twelve weeks long. It's like twelve to fourteen, yeah. twelve to sixteen weeks long, so you really don't have that much time. So I haven't been Cabruin in probably four years, and I've been like three to four times. It's been a long time. I'm a big fan of the long trips, though. That is an unpopular. I don't like they, they say, oh, I want to do the two mile or three mile. I want it longer because all I want to do is sit in the boat and cruise. Just head down. Just coast. Don't yeah. even use the paddles. Don't even use the oars. Just let the natural rhythm of the river take me downstream. Alex gets a little competitive when we, we go on a canoe. And Alex she... seems to be very competitive. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So she's she... trying to get there fast. Yeah, she's trying to, you know, win. Win the whole thing. And it's not a race sometimes, not a race, but anytime it, it can be as simple as she doesn't want to veer off course, right? She wants to like, you know, 
stay right in the middle of the lane, right? She wants to stay in sure, her lane. She sure. doesn't want to just coast or, you know, happen to drift off. So when last time we went, <laughs> Alex and I almost got into a fight. She was getting mad at me because oh, no. we were we I was bliss. apparently not steering the boat well enough for her. She's in the, is she in the back or is she in the front? Well, we had to switch spots because I wasn't doing a good enough job in her opinion. So the back powers, the front steers. Right. So I, I was I was in the the front, I believe. At, you conceded power point. to power. You let Alex. She 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 wants she wants to power the the ship, the cruise, the vessel. Something. It's something to that extent. I don't I don't know what what positions we changed. I don't know if it was because she thought that I was like pushing us off course by giving us too much power or what it was, but. I know we switched spots. My, my favorite beer before we get off of this, I'm not going to do the whole ranking, but I will say my favorite beer is the first beer because mm. I'm not a huge beer guy. Like, I don't think beer just generally tastes great. Mm. Like, I'm not just going to go. I'm not just gonna, probably going to crack a maybe, but I'm not like I'm not going to have one every day. Are, are you one of are you one of the guys that like can't drink beer with their meals? Like I have my, my brother-in-law. He drinks and everything like that, but he's like, oh, I, I can't, I can't drink beer with my meal. I wouldn't have, I would never have like a Miller Lite with a bowl of pasta. I would never do that. Now, if it was a nice, like a crap, like an Oberon or a spotted cow or something. <laughs> yeah. Or a spotted cow or something like that. Something that had a little more to it and you're having a nicer dinner. Yeah, I would, I would do that, but I wouldn't just ever have a Miller light with something like a plate of broccoli and some chicken or something like that. Now wings, that's a little different beer and wings. That's, that's a totally different experience. The first beer to me always tastes like apple juice. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I don't, like you, apple juice you, you can, you can do with that information what you want, but for some reason the first beer tastes like I'm just swigging, um, hotel apple juice. I think of popcorn every time I, I drink beer. I don't know why. Hmm. All right. Let's do the next segment. I was a Bud Light guy before Sean Miller got hired at Xavier, and then now I'm a Miller Light guy. Bud Light going to be $7.99 next week for a 24-pack with a rebate. So you got to buy it at full price and send it in for a rebate. Oh. But still, I mean, like, you're going to get that money back. It's just uh, <laughs> it's getting ah. the postage stamp, send it in. But, yeah, ah. that's 14 bucks back. That is, you can buy... Three cases of beer for the same price as a normal case of beer with the rebate. Got to stock up, I guess, to make it worthwhile. Stock up. All right, let's do these NFL logos here for a few minutes before, um, the, before tracer. Uh, the tracer joins. Sir Boy Wonder wants to know, uh, Paul, when I attend a Xavier basketball game, where's the best place to sit? Right next to me, Sir Boy. I don't know what the best place hmm. to sit, but I exclusively go to the Norwood Cafe. Up in the top, top left hand. Because that's where my dad likes to go, so that's where we go. We just stand there. Yeah, they do have two bars that are at Cintas that are great. They're up around the top, so the view isn't the best, but they are a fantastic experience. Uh, and Chad waits. Is Paul Fritchner a Twisted Tea guy? You like Tweez? I've never had one. Do you like oh. Do you like sweet tea? It's good. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's yeah. just I've never with a little bit of alcohol in it. Never had a Twisted Tea. All right. Uh, I... Okay, we're going iconic, elite, good, meh, and needs grime. So same, same um, tiers. Same tiers. 
We're doing the NFL logo tier making as we just did with Major League Baseball last week. Yep. So NFL logos are much harder, if you ask me. I think there's a ton of iconic baseball logos, but how many really iconic football logos are there? Good tease, Casey. Let's get into it. Cardinals. Paul, what are you thinking? I'm going to say I, I kind of like the bird. I think this is elite. I think it's elite. I, I think this is meh. I'm out. Wait, where are you? Uh, the Cardinal? Where are you, Casey? If you're meh, then we'll just go good. Are you meh, though? I'm... Or are you I'm, Grimes? I'm meh. Okay. So we'll put we'll it just, in good. No, I got outweighed. Put meh. Okay. Put meh. The Falcon Bird. Uh, the Falcon Bird. Meh. Meh. Meh? All the birds. I think I think we're all on the same. The Ravens. Boat there. I think the Ravens is good. I like the Ravens. I like their color scheme. I like purple. The uh, yeah. The purple I, and black. As at much night. as I hate. Yeah. As much as I hate the Ravens, like they have a. I would say good. Well, what about you? Yeah, good. I can good? work with good. Not all the way up to elite, but I can work with good. The Bills. I. Don't think it's a leader iconic. I do think I like the simplicity of it, so I think it's good. Yep, I was gonna say good too. I I think the pan. Oh, Casey, you're I was actually gonna say meh, but you're out on the bills. We had two yeah, to one. Just, we had two to one on good. Yeah, it's gotta go to good. I just I I I agree with what you're saying. It's simplistic. I think it's a little little too simple. It might sound counterintuitive, but it's it's too big like it's the a buffalo is too big like the, it's almost it's a big animal yeah i don't know that's a dumb dumb reason but mm. that's what comes to mind when i think of it okay too big of an animal so don't like panther. animals casey not an animal guy panther needs grimes i hate this logo I you agree. hate it i agree i fully this agree. is a terrible logo i agree wow um well uh, that, that was way outweighs the meh but i didn't think it was that bad is the bear are the bears iconic? It, ah. I think it is. Wow. When you think football, you think of a few teams and I think of the Cincinnati Reds. I think they need Grimes. Man, man. We can go elite, but no. I can't give them iconic. Okay, we'll go elite. I think it's I think it's I think that's iconic, but I think the Bengals truly have the best. I think they have the best color scheme logo mm. helmets in the National Football League. We we are actually truly blessed. There's that yeah. that helmet is amazing. I think the people of Cincinnati, if you don't appreciate it already, I think most people do. And plus they're fans of the team anyway. But if you don't realize what you have in the Bengals as far as logo and color scheme and the helmets, what the Bengals have every week on their heads and as a logo is truly the best in the NFL, in my opinion. I agree. It might not be the most iconic, like the Dallas. Right, right, the Dallas right, Star right, is right. iconic. Midfield. Did you say Dallas Stars? The, the yes. Dallas Star. The, the Dallas Star is iconic. Yeah, I, I I would agree with that. I just put uh, the Browns and Needs Grimes because they're literally remaking the logo right now as we speak. Self-explanatory. Yeah, so, I mean they they literally scary. they literally right now need Grimes. Yeah, they literally need Grimes at this very moment. So and and for anybody that doesn't know what we're talking about with Need Grimes, Matt Grimes is a graphic designer that sits five feet outside the office, right beyond the door that yep. Tom always opens with the hangers on it. Um, he is a truly talented graphic designer and fantastic uh, so. so when we're doing these grades we're also grading the the outfit like the actual 
jersey and everything, right? I think it's more. I'm kind of leaning logo, but if there's a if there's a, a you know dis- decision in my head, I'm leaning to everything. Yeah, I, I don't okay. want to put firm rules on it, and I don't want to get too in the weeds of everything. But yeah, I think we're sticking to the logo. But if if you need to to have some background information, need to have some context with their jersey and helmets, then yeah, go ahead and do that. Okay. Broncos. Broncos. Good. 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 Lions. I think I think they're elite. I love the lion. But I, I know they've sucked forever, and that's what most people associate it with. I think with. it's good. I, I think, think it's good. All right. I'm going good. I'm going to put it ahead of right now. <laughs> uh, Packers, iconic. Iconic. Yeah. That G is just – because yeah. think of how many high schools use that G. That G is just everywhere. Correct. Texans stink. Needs Grimes. Needs Grimes. I like the Texans a lot. Really? I really like it. I was going to say elite. Wow. I, Do we have to put this in good? I like how it's slanted to be a little more in, intimidating. I was going to say meh. It's, okay, well, I'm, I'm, I'm let's totally go good. wrong. Let's go good then. All right, the Colts. Okay. The horseshoe. I like the horseshoe. That's at least elite. I agree. That's elite. I'd say it's elite. That's elite. Yeah, there's not much you can really, like, they already got a, a horse, right? We got a Bronco, so I don't know. I like the horseshoe, though. The Jags, they need Grimes. I think they do, too. I think this is kind of the same We plan. don't like the cats. We're, We're, the Bengals just, are the only cat with a good logo. And it's because they don't have an actual cat as their logo. Chiefs? Oh, holy. Iconic. Iconic? I would, I would say it's good. Or I would say it's good. I don't think it's iconic, though. They just became iconic, I guess, if you want to make a case for it. In the uh, first Super Bowl. It's true. I think it's elite. Okay. What do you think, Paul? You're the, you're the, you're the final vote. I'll say it's elite. All right. Elite. elite it is. The Charger Bowl. I, That's elite. Yeah, I was going to say, I would even almost consider iconic just from my childhood. I like love, the LT and that. I love this bolt. The bolt put it, is put it in iconic. This yeah. bolt is iconic. awesome. All right. The Rams, elite. I like it. Yeah. I like the Rams. I like it. I think it, I think it can be considered elite. Raiders, man. I, it's a, probably an iconic logo, but I think it needs crimes, honestly. I just don't like anything I was going to say good, which splits the gap. Read. <laughs> I think I think I'm right there with good. Now their jerseys and color schemes great, but the logo itself I don't think it fully gets up there. All right, the Dolphins. Jolly Jolly did not like our bolt. Yeah, he, what's I wrong kinda, with the bolt? The bolt's great. The color scheme's fantastic. Is that a Chargers fan in the freaking chat right now? What the hell is it's going on here? Jolly that. Jolly hates hates our list. Jolly hates the list. Jolly, send us your list. Dolphins. Fins. The fins. I'm going to concede to you guys. Uh, It should be iconic, right, for the history of it. But but the logo stinks. Um, I love how infuriated everybody is with our lack of criteria. (laughs) Fellas. We're not qualified in it at all. Fellas, if you got ideas. Are Are we putting it in meh? I think it's good. I think it's good. Sure. I think it's a little better than... It's cartoony, but it's good. We're going to have to re-put these in order. Uh, the Viking. <laughs> this is awesome. I Is this the worst segment we've ever done? 
It's the least popular. Least popular Canucks fans. All right, let's keep going. The Vikings. It's got the chat I, fired up, and that's all I care about. Let's go Vikings. I think the Vikings elite. Paul? Yeah, it's good or elite. I, I, let's go elite. Elite, because we want to bring Leif Erickson back. Maybe yeah. We'll oh. Him. Yeah. And then Patriots the, is not iconic. No. It is not iconic by whatsoever. They were a godforsaken franchise before 20 years ago. So, well, what do you think? Is it what? What do you? Meh. 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 I mean, I'm not a fan of the musketeer head either, but the what? The musketeer head. Oh, That's the patriot. The yeah. patriot head. Okay, sure, man. Minutemen. The, the Saints. Florida Lees. I think I like this. Yeah, yeah I think it's elite. at least elite. The New York. New York football giants. We should put the Oilers in there just for fun and put them in iconic. <laughs> uh, giants. I don't. Good. 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 Eh. We'll just put it good. there. I don't like the Jets. No, Jets Needs Grimes. Needs Grimes. The Eagle. Eagles. I'll say good. I I I you can you can, you can get me on elite. Good. Good. Steelers. Oh god, everyone. You got to do it. Just do it. It's, just it's do iconic. it. It's iconic. Just do it. Seahawks. Bad. Casey, do you know what is is the reason they have three colors cuz of the three rivers? Is that the three stars and the Steelers logo? I that's a, probably a pretty good guess. Okay. God, I hate that, but it's it's good. I mean, it's just such a classic logo. What, the Seahawks? No, the, oh, Steelers. the Steelers. Yeah, it's, it's iconic. It's iconic. It just is what it is. Yeah. Uh, Seahawks. I don't like it. It's meh. I think it's sharp, but I don't like it. It's weird. It's let's definitely throw it in not meh. Meh is lonely, early. and it's with the birds. Let's keep the bird family yeah, happy. Let's, let's throw it in meh. meh. We put the Patriots in meh. That's great. That's a lead of us. <laughs> the 49ers, you know, I kind of like something simple about the SF. I love it's, it. It's I iconic. Love, yeah, I, I think, think this iconic. is iconic. I think it's iconic. I kind of like the way that the, the Steelers just – or the – sorry, the 49ers just hang around. Tampa Bay, what are we doing here with Tampa Bay? <sighs> um, I think it's meh. I'm not a fan of the flag. I'm, it's meh. Or okay, Grimes. Man. I think the last two are, are needs Grimes. Yeah, they both are awful. Titans is terrible. Titans are terrible. And Washington's and terrible. Washington might be the worst in the league. I'm at least going to give the Browns the benefit of the, the doubt, given that they're getting a new one, aren't they? The, the Browns and the Titans are my least favorite. I, I hate that Titans logo. I hate every bit of it. Yeah, I don't like that at all. God, what an elite list. I don't see one crack or flaw in that entire list. Zoom in on that and show the people yeah. how good of a job we just did on that list. I can't see how anybody would disagree with anything we put up on that list. Absolutely. See, this is why people come to Off the Bench. We have the most people watching that we've had all morning long <laughs> watching us put together a list of the NFL logos. I, I, I think I agree with Everett Henry. I like I like I like the Bucks a little too. Let's much. go back. Yeah, let's take a second here. Let's let's look back on this. Is there anything that we would change? Because that that was a draft. Is there anything we would change? Let's give everyone one change, one move. But you can only move one one tier up or down. So okay. You can't move something that you thought was meant into iconic. Casey, you want to go first? What do you feel strongest about? Um, 
What do I feel strongest about? Uh, I'll start. I would like if the Buccaneers were in good. I think the Bucks logo is good. Okay. Oh, oh that's the Jetsies. Okay. I, I would move the Raiders down. Down. Raiders to bed. We're going positive there you, there vibes. You go. There you go. Move down. All right, I have I have one. I think we have to do. I think the Bears got to go up. You think the Bears got to go I up? Think the I'm ba- cool with that. I think the Bears got to go up because I, I think, think any of those first three elites could go up. I think you – yeah, I was looking at – I wanted to decide between the Colts and the Bears. I'll give the edge to the Bears. You guys both had the Bears in elite. I had them – or in iconic. I had them in elite. Let's – yeah, let's let's keep them up there in iconic. Had to be – Now, if I had a second, a second option, I might move the Saints – up to iconic because of just how I love I love the Saints logo so much. I, I love li- the color scheme and everything. I would like if there was a lower tier for the Browns. I you know what? Good call, Reed. Great call. <laughs> well, let, let's put them. Let's 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 make it that. Uh, create a, a row below. <laughs> okay, and then um, this list is horrible. <laughs> This list elite. is elite. Read, stand your. <laughs> oh, what, what, what's stand cool? with your I'm, take, Reed. I'm reading. I'm reading the message. Oh, 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 yeah. People, people do not like our list. Oh man, why don't they like it? People do. People are in arms about this list. I can't wait till we do the NBA logos. <laughs> <laughs> wait till the NHL. Celtics, oh, not iconic. So yeah, Celtics. Where we got the Grizzlies, guys? With the Spurs? Those are a different type of green. I, th- I think the yeah. Jazz just bring a lot to the table. What are you gonna What are you gonna label it as, Casey? Oh, it's um, it's your it's your ship. There we go. It's perfect. I can't even read that far. What does it say? Stinks. Stinks. Yeah. Stinks. Oh, the last. Yeah. Just it's flat out nice. stinks. Good, Good stuff. stuff. There we go. Beaver's still losing. Got to 11.30. Now is Tracy Jones here? Yes, he is here. Let's go. Tracy, how long has he been here? Did he see any of what we just did? I don't know. Why don't you ask him? Tracy, did you see any of what we just did? What is that? The the logos for football teams? That was so, so the other day we did the MLB. Tom's not here today. He told us we weren't, he wasn't feeling very well. So we decided to do the NFL. So you had the Bengals way up at the, Top, right? I truly believe, Casey, and the, or Tracy, sorry. I truly believe that, take the take the hometown bias out of it, I think the Bengals have the best overall color scheme, helmet, uniform combo in the league. You know what, Paulie? First of all, I've been watching a little bit of the show. You're doing a great job. Thank but you. But, yeah, I agree with you. I like the orange and black a lot. And especially it looks really good now that they have a good team. A little bit, little bit of a difference when you're good. That That logo looks better now. Yes, and I and I like the Cowboys too. Yeah, it's yeah. It, it's like you, you get the Dallas Star. It's iconic. It's it's up there. All right. The other day, Tracy, we spent our half hour with you talking about Casey's bachelor party, and we did not get to talk at all about baseball last night. The Reds lost two to one. Did you get to see any of it? Do you have any thoughts on the Reds in this series against the Mets? They can get a series win today. You know what? I think well, Hunter Green pitched well. Yeah, uh, Verlander. You can see where Verlander's really good when he's healthy. I mean, I think the Reds are playing good baseball. And I actually came prepared today. You know how I always half-ass it and, you know, 
goofing around. You never do that. You never do that. I've actually done a deep dive into the Reds. Well, as deep as I can go or that I want to go. I'm telling you, and I like to bet as well. I bet you 2025 that the Reds win the division. Does anybody want to bet on that? I'll take that wager. I'll take that wager. The Cubs got the division locked up for the time being, Tracy. 2025? 2025. Is that is that Reed? It is Reed. Reed's filling in. Reed's over there and Casey's over there too. Okay, Reed, I respect your opinion, but you didn't play the game. I did. Even if I was on the bench a lot, I still play once in a while. But Reed, have you re- and I know you have. Have you looked at that minor league system? My god. Those are some of the best minor leaguers that I've seen. That Dela Cruz is going to be an outstanding player. Do you know he has the number one velocity hitting balls out of the park? Mm-hmm. Had the best. Velocity through 100 miles across the diamond at short. And from home to third, he has the fourth fastest in all of baseball. I mean, this guy is a five-tool guy. Then you've got Marte. Then you've got, what's his name? What's the other guy's name? McClain. Uh, McClain. You've got McClain. Encarnacion. You've got uh, the left-hander Logan as far as pitching. I'm telling you, these guys are loaded. It's ranked the third best system in all of baseball. I really like the Reds. Not this year, maybe not next year, but I'm telling you, boys, 2025's the year. So you're in it. You, you have bought in to what they're doing. I have. I have. They've made some great trades. Some of the scouts, and I don't know who they are, and I want to find out, made some great deals. Let me give you an example. Dela Cruz signed for $65,000. Who in the hell saw this guy and said, you know what? He's going to be the best minor leaguer in all of baseball, or pretty close, and let's only give him $65,000. When they gave Barrero, the shortstop, and correct me if I'm wrong, $4 million coming out of Cuba. Now, who do you think is going to be who has more upside, Dela Cruz or Barrero? But that scout that saw him, man, he's got to be your right hand man going forward. Great signing. What do you when when a scout goes down there and does something like that, Tracy? You've been around, you know how the scout. I, I don't. I truly. I, I know a lot about baseball. I've played baseball for a long time. I, I I know a lot about the sport, but I don't know anything about the scouting side of things. How does a guy go down there and, and identify talent like that, or or even come up with a guy like that? I think they have, and I could be wrong because this is different when I played, but I think they have academies and, and they get a chance to really see the ball players day in and day out. And what's really crazy about the Dominican players, the Puerto Rican players, the Cuban players, is they can sign these guys at a really young age. I think the Padres signed some catcher at 15 and gave them like $5 million. So, I mean, it's really interesting how they see and draft these players. Because when you can get a guy like Dela Cruz, and he's going to be a suit, in my opinion, I know this is going out there, but I think he could be a, a superstar for $65,000. That's a hell of a scout that saw that. And, and I just, I think the Reds are going in the right direction. I really do. I haven't seen talent like this in the minor leagues since the 80s. And you guys know some of the players back in the 80s. You had a guy like Eric Davis, myself, Cal Daniels, Tracy Jones. Uh, Kurt Stillwell, Barry Larkin, Sable. Did I mention myself? Tracy Jones. I mean, you had a lo- Tracy Jones. You had a lot of good players, and in 1990, you ended up winning the World Series. So really positive with the direction, and I know people like to knock them. I think they're I think they're all right. I really do. 
You mentioned the exit velocity for a guy like Ellie, but when you're looking at Louisville and, and you're mentioning you're rattling off all these guys that are come up gonna come up and be such a big part of this team in the future. What's something for you, Tracy Jones, that stands off immediately off the page when you say, Oh, yeah, I like this guy. What stands off the page for you as somebody that's played the game? Well, what Tracy Jones liked, and this really irritates people if you talk in the third person. The people hated that when I did that on the radio. But I, I, I look at bat speed. I look at arm strength. I like a guy that can run. And that's what the Del Cruz guy, I mean, he's got all those skills. I think Marte might be another player like that. So, I mean, they've just got some really good players. I think they've got their infield almost set. But what do you do with Stevenson? Uh, India's still there. But you can always come up with po um, position players. It's the pitchers that they need to add. But if you have Ab Abbott, Lodolo, Green, and Ashcraft, that's pretty four pretty good pitchers. They need to add a couple more, but it's the right direction, and that's my point. So is this, has this been a – I just need to, to kind of get in the mind of Tracy Jones here for a second. So has this been a slow, gradual build here, and now all of a sudden you come on here today and, and you've done the digging and now you're bought all the way in? Or did you, you wake up this morning and you say, you know what, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid and I'm, I'm turning the corner? Or, or what is it that flipped the switch? Because you've been talking positively about the Reds. If you've really been listening to Off the Bench over the last month – you. I can tell that you've been talking positively, but you've never been as direct as you have been in the last seven minutes. No, because I actually have been focused for once. Okay. And to be always jerking around and, you know, doing my thing, I'm thinking, you know, let's see how good these Reds players are. Because I can sit, I watched a lot of games. My kid played in the minors for 10 years. I watched every single game on TV for 10 years. It, it was So I saw a lot of these guys, so I got to really judge talent. And I saw some of the highlights, some of the, the, the video on these players, and I really think they have the talent where they not only have one skill set, they have like three or four. In Dela Cruz's case, you have, you know, he's a five-tool player. But I just, I'm telling you, 2025, Reid, you disagree with me, but I think they're on the, on the right track. 2025 is a year. Do you think that the, the Reds' lack of power this year, Tracy, for a team that plays in a ballpark that's so conducive to hitting the ball over the fence, and this year their power numbers are just not where, for a Reds franchise for the last 20 years, a great American ballpark, they're just not to the level of where they have been in the past. Is that at all a concern to you? I don't, I'm not a big, you know, when I watch games, I'm not a big home run lover. I like a little small ball, and I think that's what it's getting to in baseball with the stolen bases. I think stolen bases are up 50%, and that's beneficial for the Reds because they can steal some bases. A lot of times in baseball, and this you're going to think I'm an idiot on this because a lot of people think Tracy Jones Tracy, is Tracy, I would never think you were an idiot. Never. Well, yeah. So sometimes when you see, let's say, first and second, you have a big inning. What can be a real rally killer is a three-run home run. You know, I always like it when a guy gets a base hit, another guy gets a base hit, another guy gets a base hit. Here's an example. The other day, who were they playing? Were the team, the White Sox, got 11 runs in the fourth inning. Guys, I've never seen 11 runs in my lifetime in one inning. I could throw batting practice and not have them get 11 runs. On the other hand, the score was 16-17 to 4. The Reds had four home runs. All, all single home run, nobody on base, yeah. and lost the game 17-4. to four. So I think the home run can kind of be overrated if you're not hitting it at the right yeah. time. Sure.
So when you're when you're looking at the Reds right now and how they're starting to build things, and I know everybody is clamoring, and we were just talking to Nick Kirby with, about this like an hour ago, where everybody's clamoring to get these minor league guys up, but I, I, it feels to me like they want to bring these guys up in a wave. It's not like they want to just oh here Matt McClain come up this time and Ellie come up now and Andrew Abbott or CES. They want to kind of bring these guys in together and make this like a, a wave of winning at the major league level. Do you kind of get that same vibe? I think that's a great, great point. I think they all come up at once, and you get that infield set, who's going to play shortstop, who's going to play second, third, and first base. You always find the outfielders. I don't really worry about that. But I think that's a great point. Let's put those guys in and see how they do. It, it could be next year. I wouldn't push it this year. But next year, I would think about it. I would like to see an infield stay together, kind of like the Reds. How about the Dodger infield? And this is before your time. But the Dodger infield of Ron Say, Billy Russell Lopes, and Steve Garvey, and then Jaeger catching, uh, Dusty Baker left, Rick Monday, and Reggie Smith. I mean, that team was together for a long, long time, like the Reds team. Maybe the Reds can keep this team together for six years because that once you go six years, you got the free agency and the yeah. Reds aren't going to be able to hold on to all those players. Casey, I want you to clip that where he says that I made a good point. I just want that on the record. I want you to clip that for future. <laughs> yeah, I, I got you. All right, good. Uh, Reed, did you have anything for Tracy? Uh, we got to guess that player if Casey wants to run the. Let's go. Run, run the, the track, intro. Casey. Okay. It's time to guess that player with friend of the show. First pick in the MLB draft, kind of, an overall good guy, Mr. Tracy Jones. Take it away, Reed. If you were ever wondering who narrates that intro video, that'd be old me, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's do this. All right, so Tracy, we got three hints. You're going to give us a guess after each hint. I got to put my headphones okay. up. All right, the first hint is this guy. Played 19 seasons in the major leagues and never won a World Series. Omar Vizquel. No. All right. Hit number two. He hit 399 career home runs. Oh, man, I can't believe I can't get this. Uh, Tim Wallach. Nope. I think we might have stumped him, folks. Uh-oh. All right. This is really going to upset me. <laughs> I think I might quit the show. The final, the final hit is I'm going to give you some of his superlatives, what the awards he's won. He's a five-time All-Star, a two-time Gold Glover, and a two-time Silver Slugger. And to add on, his rookie year was 1985. His final year in the bigs was 2004. Matt Williams? It was not Matt Williams. You want to take one more one more crack at it? Did we finally What team was he tracing? most known for? He was what, most what known team? for the Rockies. You sure I played with this JL? He was on he played with him in Montreal. Not Reigns. Not Wallach. Not not Hubie Brooks. Oh, a Galarraga. Sorry. Andres Galarraga. Yeah. <laughs> Took some time. 
Oh, that really hurt. Uh, the big cat. Who's this big big cat, yep. Big cat. Ah, uh, yeah, there we go. Sorry, Who had guys. more power, you or him? Yeah, <laughs> the, the big cat. Hey, listen, is, is Casey there? Casey is yeah. there. Casey, hey, listen, something that we didn't talk about, and I just, it, it kind of, I wasn't thinking. Are you originally from Blanchester? <laughs> yeah, I, Casey? I am from Blanchester. Bland, Blantucky. Oh, my God. Hey, listen, I just want to apologize. If I offended you in any way, I apologize because you don't mess with people from Blanchester. It's like the mafia. If Casey wanted to make a call and have a hit put on me, all he would have to do is call someone from Blanchester, and that would be the it. That would be Tracy Jones would be done. So I want to apologize. I didn't mean to offend you. In fact, Blanchester, my wife and I are actually looking at farmland in Blanchester. My wife is watching a lot of reruns of Green Acres, and she thinks that I would be good maybe growing corn or uh, cows, something like that, tobacco. Isn't there a big family called the Dones? I think I met one of them, right? The Dones? I do believe yeah, so. Yeah, the Done family. I do believe so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I so mean, I just... Go ahead. I was just going to say, the Hillbilly Mafia, don't mess with them. But what were you, you going to say? No, I just... I, I, was, I was in Blanchester, and I'm looking out trying to get a feel for this town... And I sat at a diner, and I'm looking around. It was like a scene from Deliverance, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, it was just, it was crazy. But I don't want to offend anyone from Blanchester. Casey, you ought to write a book or maybe even a movie about your experience in Blanchester. And do you have a story about the people of Blanchester? Oh, man. There's... <laughs> There's hundreds of stories to too talk many. about. Too many. There's too many. Too many can't, to talk about. Yeah, can't narrow but it down. Blanchester's got all sorts of different types of folks. I mean, you're telling all me all sorts of ranges. I mean, it's Tracy just... would fit in there. Tracy, why were you? <laughs> at, why were you up in Blanchester, Tracy? Well, I was just looking at some farmland. You know, just uh, I think my dirty. wife thinks I'd be a good farmer. And like I said, Green Acres was was her favorite show. So Green Acres is a place. You're, for you're me. from California, Tracy. Does that mean you're gonna like try and grow avocados or like? Uh, oh. <laughs> yeah, Reed, that could be a problem. Avocados in Ohio. Right. Right. Absolutely. Uh, I do have one funny story see. about my only running with Blanchester. I was playing high school baseball, and we went all the way out to Blanchester to play. And I go up for my first at bat, and I just start hearing mooing. Like a cow just moo, just mooing. Went on the entire game. The the 4-H club, right? Or the FFA. FFA, yeah. FFA, their barn was right down the third base line. So we just heard all the animals of the FFA club just calling the entire entirety of the game. See, I would think it would just be some girls from Blanchester just sitting in the stands, kind of like slump busters <laughs> watching you play, Reed. <laughs> Hey, Tracy. listen, I want, to th I want to throw this at you. I want to throw okay. this at you because this, right. is, this is something that kind of bothered me because it was said when Tom was gone and Trace was filling in. And Trace said he got a negative email. He said that I was the, – the person who wrote the email said I was worthless. Get him off the show. 
that doesn't bother me. I got very thick skin. Remember, I was voted the most disliked player in 1987. So I've got, uh, it doesn't bother me. But what I didn't like is when the guy took a shot at you and Casey. Paul, do you remember that email? I yeah. didn't like that. But my, but my question for you is, how do you handle that now that you're in the spotlight of this number one show podcast in the region? Well, yeah, that's a great question, Tracy, because as soon as that email came through, I actually responded back in the group chat because somebody had sent an email to my personal email back in November with a list of suggestions to give to Tom. And I sent, so, and I had never done anything with that email or sent it anywhere. And so I took a, a, a screenshot of that and sent it back in the group. And I said, yeah, well, that's not the first time one of these have come around. But that was from somebody else. That one, The one that came to me was a little bit more... Uh, constructive than the one that we got the other day i'll put it that way at least the guy that was reaching out to me had suggestions uh maybe some suggestions off of negative a negative connotation but still some suggestions you know what tracy sometimes when you're in the limelight as you would as you would well know from your major league career sometimes from, when you're in the limelight you just got to let things roll off your shoulders deal with the pressure and just keep on moving forward and i think that's what we've done here on off the bench I know, but I think that would be something different from you boys to step into a show like this. And now, you know, it's all fun and games. And then someone takes a shot at you. Kind of my point is, I it bothered me the whole weekend because it didn't bother that someone was taking a shot at me. I was kind of bothered that they took shots at my buddies. And I consider right. you my friends. I'm very protective. I'm kind of like the big brother that you guys never had, or maybe that you that you do have. Not I don't like have a brother. brother. I don't have a brother. Not like a, a father or a grandfather, but just like the older brother. I just didn't like that 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 guy took a shot at my two boys. I just thought I'd defend you a little bit. No, I appreciate that, Tracy, because, you know, Casey and I come in here every day. Mm. We sit over there. We, we get our little segment. We, we do our thing for a couple of minutes. Tom talks to us. We do our thing. We talk to you. And then all of a sudden, we just get shelled from the Internet. Mm, we just get to, we're catching strays from people we don't even know and we're just doing our thing and you know what we have tom in our corner we got reed and trace and everybody in our corner but it's nice to have somebody that's not in the office every day somebody like you tracy that is in our corner that can defend us yeah it, it can be so tough because when i did the uh, afternoon show at wlw for 10 years man you guys have no idea just the arrows that i would take mm on every show. I mean, they, they would not only complain to the program director at WLW, they would go to iHeartRadio and complain about me. So it's just, it's kind of tough because like you said, here's some guy at, you know, his computer just typing out these negative things. It just, it just, it bothers me. And I'll tell you who it does bother too is Tom. Tom doesn't like that negative Twitter, you know, Facebook, you know, it, it does, it affects you. If you do this show long enough, it will affect you. You know, on especially a serious, if you get older. On a serious note, Tracy, I, I do think you bring up a good point because we talk a lot about a guy like Kevin Durant who got exposed for having a Twitter burner account a few, you know, probably eight nine years ago, however mm -hmm. long it was. He had that burner, and I, I, I tend to think that as human beings, you know, we like to say that professional athletes or celebrities or whoever, everybody always likes to say, "Ah, oh, we're not on social media. We're not looking around. We don't care what people think of us." But we're all human beings, and we all like to know what people think about us. You know, I, I, for as much content as we produce, and for as much as we're on the air, or when when I'm at Xavier doing a, you know, in arena hosting, and I got ten thousand people in the stands looking at me, you kind of get curious 
what people think of you. And it's sometimes hard to find that feedback because it might just be generally on social media. But I think people that are in the spotlight a lot, whether it's athletes or media or whoever, politicians, I think they're kidding themselves and they're lying to the public if they don't say that they might not just go search their name on Twitter every once in a while because as a human being, you want to know, you crave that. I, I agree. There's only one person that doesn't give a rat's ass about what they th what people think about him, and that was the guy that was on CNN last night. Trump don't care. It rolls right off his back. You like it? Boom, that's all. Yeah. I'll tell you what I, what I used to do is I used to get negative emails. And if someone wants to email me, you can email me at tjwlw at yahoo.com if you have any questions or whatever. But what I would do is I'd pull that negative email, I would write something and then not send it. Because I think if you answer those negative people, uh, that, that can be really bad. It can kind of snowball. But I would write it out. Hey, listen, you SOB. I think, you know, you don't know. You didn't put whatever I wanted to say, but I wouldn't send it. And it's no. not just the advice. If you get something like that, don't have something in print, you know, on, on a hard, hard drive, hard you copy. Can't, you can't acknowledge it. You can't. It, you just got to let it go, whether it's a DM or whether it's an email or whether it's a bad message in the chat or whatever it is. You just you, you just let it go. Reed, what'd you say? You were going to say well, something? Well, I was just going to say we're talking about catching arrows and catching strays. Now that Tracy is in the political sphere, he's running for president of the HOA, you've got to be at the forefront of just some some vitriol from time to time. Is that, has that been the case ever since you started running well, for HOA of, of yeah, your condo? Well, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of liberals in this building. It's surprising mm -hmm. how many liberals have money. Uh, but what I'm doing is like, I'll like Danae will bake cookies and we'll have like, uh, we'll deliver cookies, chocolate chip cookies to some of the people in the building. And I'm just, a, I'm a really good listener. So they have complaints. I have complaints. I, I'm, I'm going to run this HOA and be present for the people. You know, this isn't going to be something that's selfish, all about me. I'm going to make it about the HOA and make it a better experience where I live. And I think people will be a lot happier. But we need to make some changes. Tracy, did you hear what I said earlier about the HOA? I don't know if you were listening. Did you hear what I was talking no. about? So no. I, I went to Xavier and there was a girl in one of my classes who was from California. And she was uh, she lived in the same neighborhood as LeVar Ball. You remember the Ball family? Lonzo, LaMelo, yeah, LeVar, yeah, LeVar sure. Ball? Yep. So, so I, I, she's not a sports fan, but for some reason in the class, the ball family got brought up in a group discussion at our table and she looked over at me and she knew that I followed sports and everything. And she goes, you know, the ball family lives in my neighborhood. LeVar is the president of the HOA. And I looked Ooh. at her and I said, could you imagine LeVar Ball telling you at 10 o'clock in the morning, hey, can, can we get that trash in? Hey, can you guys stop making some yeah. noise? Can you cut your grass? LeVar Ball. Yeah. I, I could not see LeVar Ball being head of the HOA. Could you? I don't think he's I could, smart enough to be head, head of the HOA. I really don't. You, I, I think his shtick might play as the HOA president. Well, I would never be like that. I don't want to, you know, start dictating to people. And But I do need a little help. And I okay. really, you know, we have the voting for the HOA. Would you guys be willing to put out yard signs around the city of Bellevue? Vote no for doubt. Tracy Jones. Yeah, okay, yeah, I just want to, I got to get some help. I'm looking for a campaign manager. I'm thinking about Casey and being from Blanchester. He would, he would rule with an iron fist. I know Casey, he's from Blanchester. So, so I might so, need some help. Somebody in the chat wants to know if you're gerrymandering the election. 
<laughs> That's very edgy. Let's let's not go there. I gotta watch it. See, I don't want to get into a Bob Huggins thing or no, a Tom Benjamin thing. I'll take care. I've gotta of watch it. Let me let me slow it down. I do think I do. We'll say this: it, when we do have the vote. You will have to show a license, okay? I don't okay. think that's racist to show, you know, that if you want to vote, that you need to present a license. Do you guys all agree with that? And I well, do. What about what about the youth that are voting in the in your condo complex? That what if they? I mean, I heard you're very popular in the under sixteen market. So what if what if you want some youth to vote for you? Reed, let me tell you something about the place I live. I'm like the youngest person. And I'm 62 years old. I mean, the average age is about 87. So there are no young people in this building at all. So, um, but I, I've Besides got to appeal you, to a, a, a bigger audience, I think. Okay. Fair enough. Tracy, do you have anything else for us before we let you go? No, just sorry, Casey. I, I won't make fun of you anymore. Don't take it personal. <laughs> don't come at me. Don't make a couple of phone calls. I don't want you to be like Marco Corleone and uh, have me knocked off. You guys need me on the show. No matter what that, uh, that email said, you guys need me. By Tuesday, Tracy, we're going to have a lot to talk about. Big weekend for Casey. We got a lot to, got a lot to digest on Tuesday. You guys have a good weekend, bud. See you, See you thanks, boys. See you, thanks for coming on, Tracy. Enjoyed it. All right, do we have a cherry on? My computer died, we, so we do have a cherry on top. Oh we'll yeah, to at some point, but at some point on these Tuesday and Thursday conversation, I guarantee Tracy Jones has had a run in with the mafia. He brought the mafia up quite a bit. Didn't feel a time to shoehorn that into the conversation. Yep. We've got to ask TJ about his run in with the mafiosos that he's had over his long life. There's no doubt in my mind that he has. There's no doubt. All right, let's run this. You don't have to play the full two minutes, but maybe play the beginning and then skip to the end-ish. This is crazy. There's money, and then there's this. I believe this is in Aust... Melbourne. It, yeah, did, I was trying to read the top of the screen. My computer died. Uh, Australia. This is a three, $3 million McLaren being crane-lifted up into somebody's apartment just as a display one could you imagine having a mclaren two and just using it as an ornament for your for your penthouse purely display, display. unless they're trying to get fast and furious going going building to building just driving that thing right over to the other side of the building i'm not a big sports car guy but that car is awesome like just look at that thing i don't know why you need it in your apartment except what? just for fun What's the logo on it? Anyone know? I can't, is it, I can't is see. It, like a, it might be a racing car. Yeah, is it like some oh, racing that, car? Yeah, I, I just I can't see. Which might make it even more insane yeah, that it's in the, you know. My favorite is that they, they put that in before, before, putting, else. before putting in the floors. <laughs> Did you see all that <laughs> <Yeah>. flooring? <laughs> they put that in first, and now they've got to pick it up once again to put the floors in. <laughs> That seems like poor planning. Common sense ain't all that common, Reed. Oh, man. Uh, all right. Anything else here before we get out of here? We, d we just did a two-hour show on about two sports topics, and I think we had a lot of fun. The chat today was popping. I, it, it's, it is remarkably hard <laughs> to look at the chat when you are sitting up here in this seat, but kind of in the back of, of what's going on here,
I I saw a lot of arguing today. A lot. Of, I think OJ's '94 Bronco was uh, at odds with Everett. Henry what Norman. What about? Do we know? All right. I think it was just about the Reds. Okay. I think it was just talking about the direction that the Reds could be. And that's what the Reds do, guys. They are they are cancerous at times. That's See, why you should leave. This is what happens. The chat doesn't have a common enemy. They go after each other. It's either got to be... Don't set yourself up, Casey. This is be nice to Casey Week. Just cut yourself off. Don't say another word. I'm just pointing out something very... It is, Obvious. it is a shame that Casey is in charge of the power rankings because Chad has had such a great week. And if I know Casey, he ain't going to go anywhere near that top five. Or at least number one. You got a big day ahead of you tomorrow, Casey. I do. Get some sleep. I, I got I to gotta really, really think this one through. Really think this one through. All right. So tomorrow we will have... Uh, potentially, well, it'll depend on if Tom is here or not. Uh, but whether Tom is here or not, I'm, we're hoping to have Bobby Nightingale on. If, if it's me sitting up here, hopefully get Bobby on either way. Have Tommy G on to talk about FC. Just keep on trucking, keep on winning. Uh, James Rapine, we will talk all about the NFL schedule, which will be released tonight. I believe that's at 8 o'clock. The NFL schedule is coming out tonight. So we there is plenty to talk about tomorrow. Uh, on tomorrow's off the bench, whether it's Tom, whether it's me, whether it's Reed, whoever's sitting up here in this seat, we will have some fun tomorrow morning. Can't wait to be with all of you. And you know what, everybody in the chat, thanks for listening. It was a different kind of show today, uh, but we had a lot of fun. We really enjoyed it. Thanks for coming along for the ride for the last couple hours. Paul, fantastic job today. I just want to, me and Casey want to give you a round of applause because this is what you do. The name of the show is Off the Bench, and that's exactly what you did. We, we called in the reliever. <laughs> we, put in the, we put in the lanky right-hander, and we said, that's hey, right. we need some innings out of you. We need two hours out of you. Oh, yeah. That's what you gave us. Two, two hours, scoreless baseball. We, got some, we had some fun times. I really enjoyed it. This, is, this has been fun the last couple hours. And we'll do it again tomorrow, no matter who's sitting up here. So enjoy your Thursday. It's some great weather. If you have a chance to go play some golf, go do it. It's great, great weather. One of the best weather days until uh, next week. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for watching, everybody.